Hey guys, this episode of BAOS Podcast is brought to you by Lilypad. At BAOS, we're all about spreading our love for craft beer and helping breweries grow. So to celebrate hitting over 100 episodes, 100 episodes, we teamed up with our friends at Lilypad for an exclusive offer. Lilypad are a team of beer lovers in Tampa, Florida, whose mission is to help craft breweries sell more beer. Our mates at Bose and Collective Arts both use the Lilypad app to empower their sales teams, keep track of their progress, and get more beers in the mouths of beer lovers like you guys. Now, if you're a beer rep or a brewmaster listening today and you want a kick-ass tool to help you grow, Lilypad is actually giving a $200 discount to anyone who reaches out to them and mentions BAOS Podcasts. So that is $200 off just for saying you heard it from us. So if you want to sell more of your delicious craft beer, head to lilypad.co, that's L-I-L-Y-P-A-D dot C-O, and schedule a demo with them today. Now, let's drink some beer. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Y'all are brewheads? Yeah, we brewheads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead. Welcome to episode 101 of Beer Now Just the Podcast. Uh, this afternoon, we're here in Montreal at a brand new craft beer bar called The Artisanal. So huge shout to Don for hosting us. Uh, this place is awesome. It's only opened. On Grand Prix weekends, that would have been first weekend of June. Um, super cool. This is an area that's super touristy and doesn't get much beer at all, let alone good beer. So very, very welcome. And Don was kind enough to host us here today. Um, so we had a really, really interesting podcast, young people. Um, if you guys could just introduce yourselves, let them know just so what your name is and what company you're from, and then we'll uh, yeah. get into it. Uh, my name is Luc Beaulieu. I'm the Eastern Canada uh, Regional Sales Manager for uh, Yakima Chief Hops, based in Yakima, Washington. Nice. But I'm living in Montreal. You're based out of here. That's it. Fantastic. My name's Kevin Real. I'm the president and CEO of Double R Hop Ranches, and that's a uh, farm that primarily grows hops, grow a few apples and, and Concord grapes too, but primarily hops in the Yakima Valley of Washington State. Nice. My family's been doing this for generations. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I'm Brock Obendorf. Uh, I'm from Southern Idaho. Uh, we're a third generation hop farm. Uh, we also raise other crops as well, uh, onions and we have cattle. Uh, we're located by Boise uh, in the Treasure Valley. Oh so. yeah. So as you can tell, we're talking about hops today. So this is super fascinating. So you guys are all in town. We've got like a whole squad of people here today, uh, which is awesome. And you guys are all in town for the Food with Me Festival tomorrow in Burnham, yes. yep. which we're all going to. I'm very excited about that. It's going to be crazy. Um, so we have a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. We've never done anything like this. So Luke, when you reached out, I was very happy to hear from you because uh, this is something that I've always wanted to get into a little bit more and sort of shed some light. And you guys are the perfect individuals to do so. Um, I feel like we need a beer right now. Sounds good. Yeah, very good. Yeah. So you guys have kindly brought these stash of stashes. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> and you've brought some beers that you guys, you're actually your clients. Yeah. You guys purchased the hops that you guys grow. So very, very fitting. Uh, what did, would you like to start with? I don't know. Let's Luke's track right, uh, yeah, the Triple you know? Noir from uh, Val d'Or Abitibi, I think. Yes. Just American Pale Ale. Yeah, American Pale Ale. Nice. Uh, they're using uh, one of our three mains brand, uh, Simcoe, Citra, and Mosaic. Okay. This is the name of the beer. It's called Sissimo. First two letters of each. Ah, that's nice. C Simo. I like that. Simcoe, Citra, Mosaic. Is that enough? Yes, yeah, funny. Yeah, these are a couple. <laughs> <of them. laughs> yeah. 
Oh, we're going to run through a few, so we don't need yeah. to go yeah, too Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to drink. <laughs> is there so a couple of those cans? Yeah. And yeah. Then? Okay, good. Make sure everybody no, gets, there's uh, a lot. gets what they like. Two thirds here. Nice. There you go. We're not going to run out of beer today. I don't think so. You're no, right. I really would be surprised. <laughs> In worst case, there's, uh, there's a bunch of towns oh, downstairs. Well, that's it. We'll pull that out. All right. So while yeah, you're sort of getting the beer together, um, I need a little bit actually. Yeah. Here, I'll take some beer. Oh, I'm okay. Thank you. Right Perfect. Hey, guys, cheers. 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 Thanks for hanging out. Cheers. Sante. Nice. Yeah. So Simcoe, let's take a look at that camera. Yep. I just crushed it. No, it's fine. No problem. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a natural a, thing. Popcorn as a hammer. That's what you do. You look outside sometimes. I finished it. Trefnel Noir just started to make some cans like two months or three months ago. So it's pretty new. Yeah, so it's pretty new, right? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Whilst during the podcast, I do this. It started because I do reviews and I had to take stupid photos with the beer to preview drink, and I keep going. I'm nearly at 4,000, so I'm like OCD. So I'm going to keep taking photos during the thing. Are you guys cool if I. Oh, yeah, you no, no problem. I thought okay. so. Most people are pretty cool with it, but I'm going to yeah. warn you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Cool. All right. So while we're uh, sipping the beer, um, let's get into your stories, like how you got into beer and sort of. You know, and then crossing your own individual sort of, uh, you know, into the farming or whatever. Whoever wants to start, just yeah, how it'll happen. Uh, I started to drink craft beer in the '90s. At, when you were 18, legally of age. Even younger, no, <laughs> I was like in the '90s. I was like 20. So I was okay. No, I was drinking like more commercial beer. Okay. Uh, but I got into. Uh, like craft beer, beginning of nineties, before of Unibrew, because of Unibrew. Unibrew, yes. Yeah, Unibrew, uh, Blanche de Chambly was my first real, you know, craft beer back then, it's a great beer, and uh, it opened a new, brand new world for me. So I was, uh, you know, drinking a lot of craft beers, attending like beer festival. I remember the first time I went to the beer festival in Montreal was in like, maybe '96 or '95, so a long time ago. And I worked in the media industry for 20, 25 years. And uh, last year I was like pretty tired of it. And I wanted a big change in my life. And my favorite hobby was traveling for beer. Right. So when I saw the job offering at Yakimichi, they were like looking for someone taking care of Eastern Canada, selling hops. And my background is sale for the last 25 years. So right. I said, okay, maybe it's possible to join my, uh, my hobby and work in the, that for, for the beer industry. And right. Applied on the job and it worked. <laughs> so I started January 15th and I'm taking care of a big, it's called Eastern Canada, but it's, it's, it's really wide Eastern Canada. It's from Manitoba to Newfoundland. Oh wow. So, it's, so yeah, it's over 1,000 breweries. So Jeez. a lot of new customers, a lot of exciting uh, people and exciting breweries, as you already know. Yeah. So it's pretty fun to, you know, I'm propagating the good news about our hops <laughs> and our product yeah. are now available in Eastern Canada for everybody. So Fantastic. That's why I'm here. All right. Love it. Yeah. yeah. So I have to back up a long ways and this is a really interesting place for me to be. It's my first time in Montreal, but nice. actually my family, both sides of my family uh, are hop growers and they're all French Canadians. <laughs> uh, so I speak zero French, but uh, I am, I'm a French Canadian. Uh, that's my Typical. background. Yeah. yeah, but uh, particularly on one side of my family, uh, the, the people immigrated, my family immigrated from Canada 
down to the Yakima Valley and they started working for uh, a farm in the Yakima Valley that was actually owned out of New York State. Right. Uh, back in the mid-1800s, a lot of the hop production was in New York State, but downy mildew, which is one of the diseases that can affect hops, mm-hmm. uh, really started to affect the production in New York State and the hot, dry climate of the Yakima Valley and of course moving west and expansion in the west really attracted people over to the west. So. Uh, a, a conglomeration of folks from New York State owned a farm in, in Moxie in the Yakima Valley. Uh, incidentally, one of the shareholders was Alexander Graham Bell. Right. And my great-grandfather worked uh, for this company called the Moxie Hop Company. And as, you know, really as the American dream, uh, where people immigrate and start working in the industry, sooner or later they want to own their own part of it. So uh, my great-grandfather started a farm on his own. Uh, in the Acma Valley, and then my grandfather on my mother's side also had his own hop farm. So I'm a product of these two hop growing families. Um, went off to college, and, and I actually have a degree in technology, and I was going to go to work in the computer industry in the mid 80s, which was a really difficult time in agriculture and, and especially the hop industry. But you know, the draw of growing up and living on a hop farm just pulled me back. Yeah. And uh, so, I, you know, I went to work on the family hop farm, and that's when I really got after college really interested in craft beer and, and in the mid 1980s I mean it was really new and most of it was done with homebrewing and so I started to homebrew and I used to do that quite a lot uh, when I was uh, starting my career and I was first married um, I think I have a track record of like the first 15 batches of beer that I made at home on my wife's stove I boiled over every single batch uh, trying to capture as much of the aroma as possible into the brew pet kettle so, you know, that really was, you know, growing up on a hop farm, being around hops, and then, you know, home brewing and learning about beer. You could put those two things together, and it was really exciting for me because I could see, you know, both the starting to grow the hops and how it finished out into right. the beer. Of course, you know, kids and business and, and life got in the way, and I got to be honest with you, I don't really brew that much anymore, but I understand the process. Right. And, and so that's important to me. And today, you know, we grow uh, 12 different varieties of hops that uh, go into all different kinds of beer uh, across the world. And it's pretty exciting to meet and work with brewers to do that. So that's my story in a nutshell. Fantastic. Um, I'll probably get into this more detail, but what are the 12 different types of hops? Oh boy. Can you like... Well, so Cluster, Cascade, (laughs) Centennial, uh, Amarillo, uh, Sriracha Ace, Citra, um, no, I don't have Chinook, uh, 682, Zeus, Equinot, Bravo, Eureka, probably missing one or two okay, in there. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, and you know, we do that as growers because we want to uh, harvest each variety at its optimal time slot. Right. And in order to you know, use your production facilities over a 40 day period, you, you need this, this certain track record of, of varieties that you can pick through and get them at just the exact right time. Mm. Very cool. Thank you, man. Yeah, so I guess uh, our family history is uh, we immigrated over from Germany back in the late 1800s. Uh, We went to Indiana first, and then uh, they put the Boise Project in uh, on our irrigation district. And so my grandfather's uh, dad came over to work on the canal, and they all dug it by hand, and then uh, that's how we got the water. Anyway, so that was... I think in the 19, early 1900s. And then uh, he got a piece of land and they started farming there. And then uh, he died when my grandpa was 12 years old and my grandpa had to take over the farm. And then our neighbors, the Goodings, uh, brought hops over from uh, Oregon, I believe. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the Bat family, it was Goodings and Bats. 
And then we were the neighbors, so my grandpa went down there and he planted, I think, 10 acres of hops. And so that was in 1948. Wow. And so, um, so I'm third generation. Uh, my uh, dad, he started farming hops in the, uh, I believe it was in the early 80s. There was kind of a boom there. Okay. And then uh, now my brother and I uh, pretty much run the farm. Uh, we got 3,000 acres of hops now, 15 different varieties. And uh, we also raise other crops too. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it all nice. happened. And Can you list your 15? Uh, yeah, close? I close. It's Apollo, Bravo, Galena, Super Galena, Chinook, Cascade, Simcoe, Citra, Mosaic, Crystal, El Dorado, um, 682. It's pretty good. You're doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, so let's remember. We just took some Centennial out. That's the one I missed on mine. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Centennial. Equinot. Uh, cluster. I think that's 14. And I miss Willamette, too. You do Willamette? No, we don't have Willamette. Okay. No. Okay. So that's pretty crazy. This like, one thing that occurred to me now. So what if, if when your dad was running the farm in the 80s? Like, who was that going to? Is it just the big guys? Because there wasn't really many crafts. I think it was all the big guys. Right. Yeah, I guess your it must AB, be, right? your Coors. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but back then the varieties Sierra were... wasn't really around or any of those guys. Oh, so I, mean, the, I don't think the, so. They were kind of studying. Yeah. But the varieties back then were Galena and Cluster. It's yeah, yeah. Or, or just, yeah, and a little bit of Cascade, not a, a Cascade, lot. But, yeah. you know, our yeah. farm at that time, not to jump in front of you here, but, I mean, it was 100% Cluster. Uh-huh. 100% Cluster for us. I, well, we had a few acres of Cascade. Did but you have, was, like, L1s and L8s? Yes, we did. So that's, that's two different kind of nuances of the Cluster. No, I'll get, get nerdy with it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, okay. yeah but it was very monolithic uh, at that point in time. And, right. and hops were more of a commodity than when, you know, I imagine your dad would tell you that. Um, back in the 70s and 80s, you know, my hops were the same as his hops. Terroir, we didn't know anything about right. that. I mean, it didn't matter where you planted them, a hop was a hop. And a brewer could do the same thing with everybody's hops. And, and in today's world, it's not that... Uh, my hops are better than your hops or vice versa, but they're different, right? Yeah. And, you know, you can produce different beers with different characteristics of the hops. And that's so different growing regions, you know, I mean, Definitely. there's Idaho, Washington, Oregon. Yep. And I would say Yakima and Southern Idaho are very similar. Mm-hmm. It's very hot and dry. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get nine inches of rain. So... Is that a lot? Excuse my ignorance. No. No. That's pretty dry. No. I mean, I, what, you guys probably get... <laughs> we get seven. And, yes. you know, one of the things that's always been said to me, I think is a really cool thing. So that the hop plant likes to have its feet wet and its head dry. So the top of the plant needs to remain dry. So you want to be in a, a dry desert-like climate, ideally, but you need the water. So, yeah. you know, you talked about digging the, the Boise project and that ample irrigation water is crucial, right? right. Yeah. So all of the growing regions in the Pacific Northwest really don't rely on rainfall or natural moisture at all. It's all, so it's all irrigated. irrigated agriculture. And so right. we want to control when and how we deliver the irrigation and water to the plants. We can't necessarily count on Mother Nature because it, it, it changes our results. Too right. And just to define things, I'm sort of for myself, but also because I don't know much about the farming side of it. Maybe mm-hmm. there's listeners who don't know. So irrigation in, the, in regards to that, is that like sort of, what does that actually mean? What does that look like? Right. So uh, like on our farm, which would be the same up in Yakima, it's all uh, drip irrigation. Okay. So mm-hmm. I guess the water is held in the in the reservoir. Okay. Comes out of the reservoir, goes into a canal system. Okay. So your spring runoff from the winter, that's all stored there. That comes into your canals. 
We then take it, pump it out, and then it gets charged into our drip stations. Okay. And then we filter the water and separate the soil out of the water so it's clean enough to go into the drip. And then that's when we directly apply it to the to the roads. Right. It's intense. And that's changed a lot over the years. So if we back up again to when Brock's talking about when his dad started farming, you know, what irrigation was then was turning these these big canals of water into small little tiny streams that ran in between the plants and and we wanted the soil to soak up the moisture that way. Yeah. Now with drip irrigation, you, you need to think of it as a sponge. We want the sponge to stay, stay wet and we just put a drop on the top of the sponge every yeah. so often to keep Greater. the sponge yeah. exactly wet. We don't want to put too many drops on it because if you put too many drops on the sponge, it saturates it and the nutrients and things fall out the bottom. We just want to put a drop every once in a while to keep that sponge full but not over full. And you know, in a lot of farms, imagine Brock's is the same. This is all automated. So when you know, when I was a kid and growing up on the farm, uh, changing we call it changing water, irrigating the plants was using a shovel and moving dirt to divert yep. the water. Right. Now it's going up to a controller and changing the settings like a, on the controller to automatically. Sprinkler system issue, something is that, or is that like a simplified way of thinking about it? like a pipe that like sprays out water or something? Like an I mean, thing? in a way, it's kind of like yeah. a sprinkler without the sprinkler heads. Okay. So it's just a controlled dripping out of the pipe. Right, it's so like you run down all the... Yeah, yeah. like the yeah. tubes that you see in landscaping yeah. where they kind of drip out into the plants. That's, that's what we're doing. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, it's and, and it's very efficient. Mm -hmm. Much right. more efficient than the old, the old, the the furrow. old digging We way. call it furrow irrigation. Right, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just such stuff, it's some stuff that like, I'm a city kid, like very, very city, and I have no clue about any of this stuff. And it's fascinating just to even think about like how much work goes into creating it. Mm -hmm. the products and then end up in the pellets. Mm -hmm. um, we talk about the region. So can you talk, speak to the region? Because I guess the Yakima chief, as far as the hop company, I guess you guys look after the re like that particular hop region. Is that right? We're buying hops from like three states. Three states specifically. Yeah. Uh, Washington, yeah. Uh, Oregon, and Idaho. Okay, now are those three states, and this is for everyone, is that, is that the, like you mentioned, they're the, like they're some of the better? Uh, this is the best hops in the world. Right. Team. So let, let's speak, let's, let's think about <laughs> it. I agree with you. <laughs> it's true. And we got the two of the best uh, hop farmers fantastic. right now right. visiting us in Eastern Canada. So it's no, very exciting. It's fantastic. And our job here, my job here is to connect, you know, all the brewers to hop farmers directly. Okay. So because usually it was like separate. So right. people, all the farmers were growing hops, but they didn't talk to the brewers and right. what the brewers wanted and what the brewers were expecting from us. Right. And now it's possible. Mm -hmm. We're making that connection from the growers to the brewers directly. So this is the, the fun part. Right. So they know, now they know what the brewers want, mm -hmm. what they think about the hops, what they want from the, the hops and all the products. Right. So this is pretty exciting for all the brewers. Mm -hmm. Right, so you actually get that everywhere. personal connection now. This whole weekend is going to be a whole lot of meet and greets and right. yep. a whole lot of beer. Right. right, so let's talk about why the um, why is that region so good? Why, like, you know, you know as beer drinkers out here, I've always been aware of that's the Pacific Northwest is where it's at. I'm new of Yakima Valley or Yakima Valley, however you say it. Um, so, yeah, what, what makes this region special? You know, I, I'll go back to that whole thing I talked about with the hop plant likes. You know, it's feet wet and it's head dry. That's what you're going to get in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, to a great extent in, in South Idaho, Southern Idaho and the Yakima Valley. We've got these 
dry, hot climates and you get this intense sunlight. You got the long daylight length. So, you know, you need to be far enough north so that you get the long days in the summer because uh, a hop plant is very photoperiod sensitive. That's what triggers when, when it initiates the flowering. So it's very, very difficult to grow hops in southern latitudes because the, the daylight lengths are too even throughout the winter and summer. We need that difference in daylight length. So we get that up there. We get the nice, hot, dry uh, climate, the intensity of the sun in the summer, because you know that's what really any farmer's doing is harvesting sunshine, the energy from the sun and converting it into to plants. That's what you get in the Acma Valley. And, and each one of the three states, and even within Washington state, we have three distinct growing areas. They all have a, just a little bit of difference in them. You know, uh, the Willamette Valley in Oregon would be a little bit cooler and, and receive a little bit more uh, natural precipitation. But a lot of them don't irrigate there. Sometimes they don't even have to irrigate, yeah. You know, and, and so it gives the, the hop a little bit different profile than you might get from Brock and, and my farm that, you know, comes from a hotter, drier climate. And depending on the brewer and what he wants uh, or he, she wants and, and uh, you know, aroma characteristics they're looking for, you're going to come up with different things no matter where you buy your hops. And that's what Loot and, and YCH does is it sources you know the right product from the right terroir, the right grower, and gets it to the right yeah. brewer. And right. you alluded to this before. I mean, before when Brock talked about when his dad started growing, and you know, when I started my career, we were growing hops for big major breweries. And they call it was like a black hole. You know, we put this, it was a commodity. We put it out into the market and all these brewers just really bid for it on a cost basis. And a hop was a hop and it disappeared into beer. Right. And now we get it. We get to have communication with each of these growers and we understand specifically what they want. And we're going to work as hard as we can to get them exactly what they need. Right. So brewers can actually request, is that what you're sort of suggesting? The brewers say, hey, I'm really looking for a hop with this profile? Yeah, I mean, they, they could yeah. request from which farm or which yeah. region or what they've liked in the past. They can, right. Yeah, they can come to Yakima and make their own selections. Right, so they can come to the actual farm and do the, you know, the crushing. Yeah, the and everything, yeah. Yep. And actually just... Or their headquarters. And yeah, you can do it because you have everything anyway. Yeah. What about, uh, and you sort of sparked an idea, is this even a thing? What if a brewer's like, all right, I want a hop that's got this, 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 and this. Oh, yeah. And then is it like one of those hybrid type of things where the, the hops have the numbers as well? Well, sometimes brewers will come to us before we've even <laughs> finished the crop. We might be halfway through the growing season, and they, and they may come to us and say, you know, we really like this variety. We, we tend to like it when it's picked on the earlier part of its harvest window. Yep. So if they tell us that, we're going to work as hard as we can to get them that particular product. Or conversely, some, a lot of you know brewers tend to like uh, the hops that are on the later part of their uh, harvest window, not too late, but because the aroma is more expressive in those. And, and, and so we can target those picking windows for them if we know that ahead of time. And we have those communications now, even before right. we put the hops in a bale. Right. So that's pretty, that's pretty sick though, that there is a, at least that level of customization, but sure. it's not to that like hybrid level of customization where we would create well, I mean, like, I think they, that, can, that they make blends. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. If they come and they want a certain smell out of each variety, mm -hmm. I mean, they can make blends. Or and then put like them into that. the pellets and stuff yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Interesting. But it couldn't be like, what's the word, like genetically created as such? Well, you know, I mean, then, oh, then I think you're getting, yeah, you're getting into the, the, the side of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> certain, different. Yeah, yeah, and certain brewers like a certain characteristic. And, and, you know, breeding takes a long time. It could take 10 years. To, to produce a variety from an initial thought. But if, if a plant breeder, and we have several of them in the industry, understands what a brewer's looking for, when they're doing their breeding and, and trying to select out 
promising selections, they can have that in the back of their mind and, and try and breed for that end result. So it's a separate individual, not, not the farmer as such, it's sort of more of a scientist. Sometimes it, it is a farmer. Sometimes yeah. it's oh, yeah, a yeah, farmer, okay. and sometimes or it's a separate... Like, I remember a little king, you guys have farm. your own breeding program, or yeah, YCR. Yeah, we have our own breeding program, it's called Yakima Chief Ranches. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we had a few growers that like breeding new varieties and coming out every Every year we have, we have a new one. This year is going to be Sabro. Uh, last year was uh, Laurel. Yeah. Oh, Laurel was for Laurel. Yeah, so every, every year there's a new variety, but usually it takes at least 10 years mm -hmm. to right. get through the old process. And we're removing a few varieties too. That there's some that's not working at all. There's some that's doing amazing things. And Sabro is, is the new one and it's going to be that's this year or next year? No, it's, it's this year. year. Available the, this year for the first time. Just got named uh, at CBC in Nashville uh, oh, wow. maybe three three months ago. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be available to brewers everywhere in, uh, in America wow. next year. But it's a pretty amazing hop and it's the there's rumors about being the new Citra. Oh, yeah? So yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's a pretty nice hop uh, like coconut and you know, flavors that you don't you, know, you usually get in regular cups. So no, it's pretty it's pretty fun. Every year we're coming with a new product. So it's really exciting for, for the growers. Yes. And but it's really exciting for the brewers too. That's so sick. Um, I notice these smooth empty glasses. Um, yeah. yeah, we need a beer. Uh, time, yeah. time to we, refill. We, I'm thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, a Friday there. afternoon. Oh, Moldstrom. Extra Bell Lager. Yeah. That is one of them. That's my favorite beer in Quebec. Awesome. This is good. That was a good choice. Yes. Yeah, they know. all taste good. That was a good beer. Yeah, that was awesome. a great beer. The Jeff Noir, great. Um, so you guys have a lot of, uh, I guess, because like, so you've got all these beers that we're drinking there, all the, all the clients, because that's impressive as hell. This is some of my favorite breweries in, in, uh, yeah, but in Canada, Europe. Usually, usually you know, they're looking, all those breweries looking for a certain profile. And we got the hops to make, you know, we're, we got a lot of hops. We got, we're importing hops from, you know, noble hops from Germany. We're right. importing hops from Australia, it. from New Zealand. <laughs> I had this one, so I had to take a photo. We're importing <laughs> oh, hops so from everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Okay. but, uh, you know, a lot of the, those brewers in Eastern Canada are looking for the, you know, profile, IPA profile. And we got all the Citra, Mosaic, uh, Centennial, Cascade, uh, all those varieties we have them. Right. And we have a different like products to help them achieve their goals. Right. So that's why they're really happy to, to have us now everywhere. Because you're bringing stuff from everywhere. That's it. Okay, so it's not just the one region though. So no, it's we, we're, we're having like regular hops. We're not making like only hoppy beers. Right. You can do like German styles, uh, cold slaggers, things like just that. Just the bittering hops, like you cover everything. That's it. Right, okay, well first of all, yeah. cheers. 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 Cheers again. This is a great one. This is like a, essentially, it's all lager, it's a Maltstrom do all, um, all the beers are lager. Uh -huh. mm, it's so fire. Mm -hmm. very, very smooth. Yep. Yeah. They get very very tomorrow. It's clean. Yeah. Super drinkable, so they, uh, yeah, they lager everything. Um, that could be a little dangerous. Oh yeah, it's probably <laughs> six, six, six something? Six percent. Six, six even. Yeah, yeah six Perfect. percent. Yeah. They do a double version of it. It's a little juicier, but I like this one. No, this one's is on point. Easy drinking. Easy yeah. drinking beer. So I guess it's like that. Yeah. Close and to it's yeah. one of the first batch that they did with their new system. They just bought a new, yeah, uh, the new, new system. Yeah. And uh, the team there, 
Elora and Michael. Mika- Mikael, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, great, great things. <clears throat> then you see them tomorrow. They got they got a brood IPO. Yeah. And a uh, New England, the New England and something else is wrapping a sour. Yeah. I love mulching, it's so good. Um, okay, so those are the, the regions. So one question I mentioned to you guys briefly earlier is can you break down the like the, the patent patent? How do you guys say it? Patent. Patent. What patent. Patent. Yeah. <laughs> we have to speak the same language here. Yeah. Um, how how does that work in hops? I know that I'm from I'm from Australia. I know out there they're throwing Galaxy in all their beers like it's nothing. But I know that the brewers out here, it's expensive to get it. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to get hold of, and um, you guys can't grow it, and and they people out here can't grow it. So how does that sort of you know how do you you patent a living organism how yeah. does that sort of work so you got to think back to what Luke was talking about earlier and how long it takes to breed a hop and you talked about 10 years and sometimes it takes even longer to get yeah. it clear through the process of you know they a brewer might make uh, a thousand crosses or more a year maybe five thousand crosses a year and get maybe 10 promising varieties out of that and out of those 10 maybe eight of them have terrible agronomic properties and the heart you can't grow them so then you're down to two and then out of the two eventually maybe one's not a brewers don't like it yeah and so so you you could start with five thousand to get down to one right and think about how many years it takes to get through this process well somebody's got to do the work to, 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 to do that and as an industry initially we were struggling with how that how do you compensate that person for the 10 years of work and blood sweat and tears that it took to get this right we were doing that and we still do through our university system and you know public research Um, but it's maybe not as efficient as some of the private programs where you have a specific person doing this work that needs to get compensated sometimes. That's what they That's do. right. So when they get out of these five thousand, they get one that gets makes it way its way to market, like a Citra, for instance. That person needs to be compensated for their time, and patenting it and the royalties that might come from that are a way for that person to be compensated. And when you provide a program that rewards that breeder. For, for doing that and rewards the grower for, for growing it, guess what? That breeder wants to breed more new varieties and they, and they introduce even more options for brewers in the future. So sometimes I think brewers can view that whole process negatively, but they really need to think long-term about it and how do you compensate that person for coming up with new varieties that are gonna be exciting for those brewers as, as they move forward. They really want that, which I know a lot of them do. Yeah. Think about it long-term, you know, and, and we have to compensate that person and that's where the, that's the royalties and the patents come from. That's my view on it anyway. Right. Plus, I think on the patent, it, it kind of holds the market so they can control that variety. So I guess it can't just go into the marketplace and every farmer can plant it and then kill that market. So it kind of helps the hop industry having these patented varieties out there so they can control the quantities and control what people are using it and how it's used properly match supply and demand and i think that helps a lot with where the industry's at now mm-hmm. i mean you got the public varieties you got the, all the patented varieties and i think it's going to maintain the market having these patented varieties out there okay what uh yeah, I mean, this might be a ridiculous question can you briefly list some of the key public ones and some of the key private varieties or patented varieties so i'd say the key public would be chinook cascade um, Willamette, Willamette, yeah. Zeus, but it's Galena, all, Galena. It's all varieties that have been being raised or clusters. In Quebec clusters. But, but these have all come from public breeding programs back in the 
70s, 80s, and 60s. Oh, a long time ago. Yeah. USDA, United States Department of Agriculture, Oregon Department of Agriculture, or WSU, Oregon State, that's where those varieties came from. Right. Yeah. And then the private ones, so yeah, like, I guess like they said Citro, 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 Amarillo, Amarillo, uh, Apollo, Bravo, Palisade, Equinox, Equinox, Lemon Drop, Denali, Sabro, Sabro. Okay. So everything. Pretty much the main ones so, in the marketplace yeah, today yeah. are patented The most varieties. popular ones are I know, right now are... So then, which ones were natural? Like, which ones weren't created in the lab of sorts? They're all created naturally. So, the way hop breeding works is, in, in a production, production situation, we only grow free male plants. They produce the flower that becomes the hop, right? The male plants that pollinate those, we don't want those in our fields because they will uh, make the female plant, the cone, produce seeds which have tannins and are negative to the brewing process. Yeah, but so in the marijuana, they're related. Yeah, so, but in the breeding program, uh, breeders maintain, you know, sets of, of female plants and male plants, and they introduce the pollen from the male plant to the female plant. Okay, it produces a, a cone that that has seeds. Then you can take that seed and plant it and produce a different variety. So that's how it's done. And it but could that be takes, a male or a female. Or right. A, yeah. Or a, Exactly. So you grow that seed and it pops up and it's a male. Well, that's great for breeding because you've got a new male to breed with, but it doesn't give you anything that you can make beer with. Right. So, gotcha. some, so some of the selections get knocked out because they, they come up as males instead of females. Yeah. Right. Or they all, might not have anything on them. Yeah, it's all a natural process. We don't, we don't have the GMO thing at this point in time, at least my knowledge yeah, in the hop industry. So there, is no, there was, so there was no like original hop or whatever? Like, I mean, there had to. I think there had to be. Sure. Yeah, there was original hop somewhere, sometime. Maybe you got to ask Adam and Eve that. You know, (laughs) because but but I think it'll kind of do it on its own too. Sometimes it'll change in the field. You'll have that every once in a while. Right. And so I think it had some seeds, and then that. Right. And all of a sudden, you got all these different hops now, and then it just kind of happened. And that's a big thing right now, too, is people scouring the countrysides. You know, they tend to grow on ditch banks of rivers and things like that yeah, where, they're wild. you know, a, a male hop introduced pollen in, into a female that was grown in the wild and, and a new variety uh, was produced as a result. No, maybe no one's even harvested the hops off of it because it's just been growing on the banks of a river. Yeah. People go out and, and look for those unique new varieties and uh, that try and put them else. into commercial production or breed with them, too. That's cool. Eh? Yeah, it's really no neat. Idea. Yeah. yeah. I just kind of thought, I don't know why, maybe it's ignorance. I just thought like there was, I mean, I knew there was some that was sort of patents that people worked on them, but I didn't mm-hmm. realize they were just like, that's the natural progression of life is that there's mm-hmm. just all these different ones, like half of a different color. Mm-hmm. It's hard to imagine that different. the beer is a pretty complex liquid. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of, oh, definitely. There's a lot of things it's going It's insane amount of stuff going into beer. That's yeah, it. Definitely. Um, so then, we, I don't know if this is a good time to, to look at this. I was going to say the type of hot products. That you guys create. I mean, you grow the the, uh, the plant. That's all it's well a, and good. And you harvest mm-hmm. those bad boys, and then what? Mm-hmm. So then there's multiple. So on our farm, we take the hop to a bale. Okay. So we pick it, we dry it, and then we cool it for 48 hours, and then we put it into a 200 pound bale. Now, what, then, can you explain what that is? So it's a 200 pound compressed bale of hops. Whole like a hay bale, one of those big. Kind of like a hay bale wrapped in ish. plastic. Cool. And then we take that to Yakima Chief or to the people we're selling to, and then they'll take it and create these products that you see here. Right. So you guys don't actually create the... No, we do not, not have directly. to. Not directly. Yeah, not directly. Okay. 
because I know a hop farmer from Quebec who does like in their facility they create pallets and they do that. So I wasn't sure. And some farms will do that in the Pacific Northwest, but there's a lot of infrastructure that's needed for that. Yeah. And folks like YCH, you know, they do that. That's what they do for a living. And so our our farm's choice is to not do that on farm and use folks like YCH to do that for us. Right, a lot easier. Okay, so then do you want to speak to the uh, to make sure everything's good? Uh, what? the different products that you guys are making. I mean, of course, we're looking right here. Yeah, we got like pellets. four main products. Okay. You know, we've got the regular pellets that yep. everybody's using. Probably the most common, I would say. Yeah, the most common now. It's the most efficient one, too. Yeah. Um, because uh, usually the, the the leafy material and everything, it's it's harder to work with. Yeah. So the pellets are the most popular uh, product that we have. Okay. We have a new product that came out maybe three years ago called Cryo Hops. That's really popular. Yeah, I've heard about it. So yeah, so Cryo Hops, we're taking the up flower and we're like freeze it at sub-zero temperatures and we're removing all the lupulin glands and removing all the leafy material. So instead of getting, and we're pelletizing it after. So instead of getting you know, uh, citra at 14% alpha, you're getting citra at 25% alpha. So you're using like less, more concentrated. More, It's more concentrated, you're using uh, less product, so you get, uh, at the end you, have, you get less leafy material in it, so less vegetable or vegetal taste in the beer, and at the end you're getting more final product, because when you're putting hops, into the kettle and into uh, the fermenter. It's soaking in and it's soaking a lot of liquid. But at the end, if you're using less hops to obtain the same result, you're getting more beer. Yeah. It doesn't change the flavor or anything? It's That's it. No, not at all. But it's, it changes in less, 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 less leafy or yeah. less veg veg vegetal uh, taste. Yeah. So there's a lot of um, you know IPA brewers right. using like cryo hops. In their beers now right. to dry up everything. Oh. So okay. they're mixing like T90, regular T90 spells with the cryo hops, and right. the results are amazing. Okay. The response is pretty, pretty good. And uh, it was pretty hard before to get cryo hops in Eastern Canada, but uh, now it's you know, it's available. Yes, you just have to call me. Give me the buzz number in the design. That's it. Now my number is. Uh, in the, at the bottom, at the bottom, right here, <laughs> pop it up on the screen. Um, okay, so you got the pellets, you got the cryo. We got the cryo, we got the extracts too. Okay, so there's lupulin powder and stuff. Uh, lupulin powder is the cryo hops because before lupulin powder was not pelletized, but we right. just now found a way to pelletize it. But the problem with lupulin powder is pretty you know, effective. The problem was with the powder, yeah. the brewers were like putting powder in was flashing in their yeah, face and everything. It's, it's, it's hard to, to manage it, to measure. carry anything, to yeah. measure. Yeah. But with pellet, we, we, we found a way to pelletize the lipolin powder. So the cryo hops are lipolin powder pelletized. That's amazing. I did not know that. That's fantastic. So when you see a, a beer like, I don't know, I think maybe we have one. Uh, goblin the Goblin Sauce yeah. from Bellwood. Uh, just there, the, the last one, the bottle. Yeah, this one. This one is written like we can grab that next. Yeah, time. it's lupulin powder, yeah. but it's I'm pretty sure it's pelletized lupulin powder. Right, because a lot of bellies do use a lot of lupulin powder. That's it. Yeah, so I assumed it was that yellow, you know, hashy hop hash. Is hop hash and lupulin powder the same thing? Uh, no, hop hash would be from the pellet mill. Yeah, that's it. Which what does that mean? It's just kind of the leftover from making that. Yeah. 
and is it just like is it good bad is it just kind of like whatever it's just cheaper because it's not I mean I don't really know do you guys even sell I, no not I think really. you just kind of take it off there and so it's like the, the, the stuff at the bottom of like they had it in a box and taking all the pallets out. It's just crap on the bottom. Okay. Kind of yeah. I, I, I don't know of a lot of usage of it myself. Yeah, I mean, Cross. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've seen it on bottles and stuff before, so I was like, what the hell is the difference between hot passion and different? Yeah. Like, no, that, that's it. Yeah. And then what are the other extracts? Oil? Yeah, ox, uh, CO2 extracts. So CO2 there's extracts a few varieties, maybe six or seven different ones, that the brewers can have instead of pellets. Uh, and it's, you know, extract got a lot of bad press in the past, but they're now really stable, really nice, and uh, you can keep them at warm temperatures, and it's going to do, it's always, almost you always use for bittering instead of flavoring, but it's doing a great job, and it's going to be cost-effective for big breweries to use them. Okay. Yep. And so, Luke, I hear a lot of, or not a lot, a few brewers that are really claiming that they're getting some aroma out of some of these variety-specific yeah. extracts. You yeah. Know? And, and you find that to be the case? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I heard. I saw, you know, I visited a lot of breweries in the last six months, as you can imagine. Yeah. And I saw, like, super small breweries in Vermont mm-hmm. that doing these crazy IPAs and using, like, CO2 extracts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the kettle, at the boil, at the end of the boil. Yeah. And so, they're getting, like, amazing results and it's not only for bittering but it's their main use but a lot of people are trying different different things and different mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. it's working pretty well right um, so when you say the CO2 just to confirm is that just like how it's produced it's right. like CO2 to to remove the looping glass yeah yeah it used to be a solvent based process and this this change occurred in the late 80s or so when, when most of the processing plants changed over to CH, CH, CO2, much more natural process, rather than yeah, inducing so chemical so, solvents yeah, to yeah, extract yeah. The, the, the oils and the lupulin from it, now yeah. it's done with CO2, it's much more pure. It's green, it's green. right? Green. <laughs> um, and do you guys do, I remember I did, I've done a bunch of home brewing over the years, not a lot, but I, sometimes I've purchased like, essentially like some flat whole cones, essentially, like, yeah. 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 and that's yeah. still a product that people use? Yeah, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's still yeah. possible. Sure. The fun thing with brewers from for, from the Northwest, they can get like super fresh hops. Mm-hmm. So super fresh hop beers, beers that oh, are yeah. dry. Yeah. Harvest time, so that's yeah. it, yeah. Like that's the it. so it's coming. Stuff. Like in Yakima, in one month, gonna be the fresh hop festival. Yeah. And nice. everybody's brewing like beers and taking their hops straight from, from the plant right before they're dry before, before they're dry and wet, the wet product yep. yeah yeah so you have to put it in a vat like within a couple hours right oh, wow it's like yeah. really it'll heat up and, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, and it's really exciting for us as growers i mean we we go and and see this product go into these bins you know and we give it to the brewer and we know they got it in the brew kettle by the end of the day yeah and you know a couple weeks later you know hopefully we get done with harvest before the fresh hop festival in yakima we can go there and we can try that beer i mean that weeks after yeah. right after it came out of the conveyor yeah. belt off the picker it's and pretty you know, cool here, for us here in montreal and in eastern canada and even in vermont we're getting these harvest ale yes a lot of them but they're not fresh, you know. Mm-hmm. They've been like two or three months from getting the from getting, you know, from the brewery to get here. But if you're tasting like really the real harvest ale from Yakima in the region, like you got to go there. It's another world. Different, different, yeah. different yeah. Day. totally yeah. different. It is. Right. It's neat. They must feel pretty sick, as you know, being particularly 
generations deep and then just still even now I'm about to show that probably doesn't get any less like cool to see what these guys do all these you know, guys and girls are doing with the, the arts like, well I mean I think we put so much time and so much of our life has been devoted to hops so every time we have a harvest and see the crop go out it's just really exciting to see these people using it and making these great beers and just you know just kind of seeing how it all shakes out it's pretty amazing because of the craft beer explosion a lot of these guys in the 70s and 80s lost their farms and had a lot you know a lot of problems you know they, they, they struggled a lot and since like the maybe beginning of the 90s starting the, the craft beer explosion helped those guys and they now have like employees and families and people but working for them and it's uh, it seems to be pretty sustainable yeah right? Right? Yeah, yeah and it's attracting a whole new generation to our farms right so the, i call them the millennials you know i've got a, a, a daughter that's that's and a nephew that's come back to the family farm to work and i don't know that that would have been possible without the craft beer uh, revolution because right. they really crave that connection to the brewer and things i mean i i grew hops for the big breweries and things but You know, I, I talk about the black hole. I mean, you just kind of put them in a black hole and somewhere, somehow, cases of beer rolled out the other end. Yep. They like this connection with Brewer A that says, you know, I'm going to take this hop that I got from you from this field and we're going to make this beer. Yep. And they can go, you know, we can go taste that beer. That's really drawing a whole new generation of pop growers back to our farms. And I, I got to tell you, you know, I was on the, the front end of a generation that basically vanished from pop farms because it wasn't profitable. And I, I don't even know why I did it, to be honest with you. I mean, I was just drawn to it culturally. Right. But outside yeah. of that, financially, it was not the place the to be. To, yeah. But, you know, For we've had research. Oh, yeah, it was a good 15, 20 years that it really wow. wasn't probably the smartest decision in the world. So we had this big backing where we weren't getting new entry. And now we're getting new young folks that are coming in with new ideas. It's really exciting for me who start you know someone like me who's starting to get towards the tail end of their career to see this excitement coming in right. thanks to these folk being like true art times and now we're getting those amazing beers and amazing hops yeah because mm -hmm. of them mm -hmm. right definitely so are you guys considered like would you feel like sort of like the, the elder statesman for lack of a word to sort mm -hmm. of like school these, these these up and coming hop farmers and mm -hmm. stuff and that that or is it sort of that they rely on you like the younger brewers always sort of look up to the older brewers is that a relationship in the in your world at all i think so um i think it's it's really important for for us to kind of really get the next generation on board and and give them a chance to be successful but not get in the way too much uh so that we uh squash the the introduction of new ideas right because i find you know with Just my daughter <laughs> my my daughter and my nephew that they they've got some great ideas that I didn't even think about. Right. Uh, and yeah, yeah. And so, you know, they bring some new ideas to our farm that, you know, we haven't tried before. But, you know, be, I, you know, I, I've been around there for 40 some years, you know, and there's a few things that I've learned over time that just don't work and we don't need to make yeah. those mistakes all <laughs> over right. again. Let them know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So show them where the boundaries are and then let them run from there. And, uh, right. It's pretty exciting. No, it is Thank really you. cool. I mean, do you guys get to travel a lot then for, for, to this type of stuff, or is this kind of like a... Oh, not that often. No. no? I mean, we're, we're home a, most of the time farming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not so, me. I'm, no, you're yeah, 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 yeah. Luke's on the road all the time. I'm traveling a lot. Yeah. 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 That's the good part and the bad part. Since I'm... I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah. 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 Sorry, man. I was like thinking of my family and getting all emotional. Yeah. No, that's that's great. I got the best job in the world. Tell, tell us, hey, cheers, 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 cheers again. Yeah. Interesting. Um, no, this is an amazing beer. Luke, the brewer from Bellwoods, is. Uh, I think it's oxidized. 
Seven, it, it is? Yeah, talks about Eight and a half percent? It's like bright yellow normally. That's why it's yes. called goblin sauce. Yeah. <laughs> At least it's not that bad. Goblin sauce is like slang for something disgusting, and so they use it. <laughs> as you can imagine what that might be. Uh, that's um, good beer. It's really good beer. This is, the yeah, good. This is one of the ones they keep bringing it back. They used to not even have the, uh, the label for it. They made that recently. It's only two mm. weeks old. Two weeks old? Yeah. That's mm. solid. One of my good friends brought it to, from Toronto. So. Yeah, that yep. was a fantastic thing. I think, yeah. I think they're going to be there somewhere. They're going to be there tomorrow. They are good. good they are. Um, yeah. Do you guys have you guys like checked out the Slatly Detour? Have you guys like looked at the? I'm sure you probably have. Like, have you guys got like a list of like I need to try that? I need to try that. Tomorrow is a kind of more like whatever, man. Like, I think we're going to go go with the flow. It's, it's going to be hard to try everything. We're not <laughs> I'm literally pause. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You stay standing by the end of it. I'm morning. We're morning at yeah. eleven tomorrow morning. Yeah. So we're gonna be early. <laughs> early. So perfect. tonight we're gonna have to sleep, to sleep oh. like early, and tomorrow yeah. we're waking up early. Oh, but I wanted to be there um, at the first session. I'm always, you know, when I'm visiting festivals and everything, I'm always there early in the morning. Oh, you know, I, it's just yeah. an habit or something. Uh, I don't know. And you stay there all day? No, <laughs> not usually. It gets dangerous. Before five, I'm leaving. Yeah, I think it's one in, in a cat. Three. Yeah, tomorrow's going to be from 2.30. So we have like two hours and 30 minutes to taste. Three and a half. Three and a half to taste all those amazing beers and amazing breweries from everywhere. So uh, yeah, it's it's going to be be like uh, the 100 meter. We're going to have to be like really quick. (laughs) Real quick. That's it. That's also to be worried about because I haven't been to an unlimited polo festival. I've been through a few so. ones. How is it? Uh, can be pretty hectic. But the, the yeah. thing is that when you're going in, in those places, a lot of people are drawn to the same breweries. But there's a lot of fantastic beers all around, oh, and yeah. nobody's going there. So you must go see so, them. Yeah, so yeah, everybody's going to be excited about you know Cantillon and places like that that it's pretty hard to find in Quebec. That's kind of what it's most people are because I guess that's the whole point right? that's the excitement for being in Canada and like, having a festival like this which is phenomenal to be able to have there's like six beers from Canada that never left Belgium that's yep. going to be there um, there's you know Jester King and other half modern times and um, there's a whole bunch of well they're the ones Hill I care about the, the farmstead the Hill farmstead only bring in the stand you know the, the regular stuff still it's very cool yeah, yeah he's pretty good trip down and you know but you know Donham is like one hour away from Hill farmstead so yeah it's pretty uh, <laughs> it's pretty convenient right um, it's just, it's, yeah, it's really fun. I've, I've just, I'm going to say it's going to be interesting just because it's three and a half hours. You want to you want to appreciate these extraordinarily well-made beers, but also drink as many of them as possible yeah. while you can still appreciate their well-madeness. It's, uh, yeah, so you're going to have challenge. to share. I'm gonna, my wife's going to be there with me, so I'm going to send her to a few places and we're going to yeah, share right. you drinks. Get that, you get that? That's probably better, actually. So yeah, like yeah, half, you got half, half a half, half a pour. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's yeah. going to be lot more easier and a lot more convenient to, to taste everything. Yeah, I right. think so. I think so too. It's a good plan. Yeah, yeah. not bad. There's a bunch of good ones. Are you guys hoping to meet? Uh, is it more just, are you hoping to achieve anything? Or are you guys are more like, 
just to experience it and to sort of talk to them. Yeah, just kind of talk and see what they're going to want to talk to you. Yeah. Seeing with the hops and what, what's happening. Yeah. They kind of have going on and yeah, talk talk about experiences and what they'd like to see in the future. And you know, we can pick up a lot and learn a lot from exposure to brewers at events like this. A lot of brewers going to be excited to, to see. Oh my god, to see, to see them tomorrow. Extremely excited. About it's that. fun because we took the opportunity to bring like twelve people from the northwest yeah. to visit Quebec for the first time and having a good time but yeah share experiences and you know asking questions and what can we do to serve you better and what do you need and things like that so it's gonna be it's gonna, it's gonna be fun Great. you know it's pretty heady for a hop farmer to go to something like that you know if you talk about my career and you know hop farmers you could be a potato farmer an apple farmer you grow whatever and farmers were farmers and and somewhere along the line, hop farmers became a lot like wine grape growers, you know, and developed this personality and, yeah. and this interaction stuff. Like I said, it gets a little heady sometimes, but it's fun and exciting. They're too. all unique and they all kind of share that same passion. Oh, and boy, yeah. there's a lot of it's passion. That's interesting cool. bunch of personalities. Yes. And they all get together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can bet. All the brewers are like, generally the brewers like an old super cool. Like it just seems to be a consistent thing. It's weird. Beer is like unlike any other industry that I've experienced. Anyway, mm-hmm. everyone's just like, yeah, maybe because everyone's just, it's just alcohol. It's like whatever, man. It's beer. Like, chill. Like why is everyone? Why would you be not cool? I think everybody's but, really happy to work in the room. Yeah. Why would you, it's the happiest industry I've ever seen. Never yeah. seen someone working in a brewery doesn't have a big smile. Yeah, and every area of the country has kind of got a little bit different flavors on, on yeah. their beer culture and things like that. And that's what I find fascinating. We had a pre-event last night that I, I just really enjoyed because the beers that were presented there were much different than what we would find on the West Coast. You know, right. we got a lot of hop-forward IPAs, and you know, especially if you're a hop farmer, you know, yeah. you, you smell hops all the time, you know, you just gravitate towards those beers. And so we were we were drinking some, you know, farm farmstead ales and some saisons and, and things like that that are a lot different than we would typically find in prevalence in, in the Northwest and West Coast. That was really, really neat and interesting to me, and I'm sure we're gonna see a lot more of that tomorrow. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna, gonna be fun because tomorrow it's not a real, it's not IPA based mm-hmm. festival. No, no, it's the opposite actually. Yeah, it's gonna be like farmhouse sales, lambics, yeah, and sours, and, yeah, and I, like I love lambics too, you know, we, oh, yeah. we just don't get a lot of those in the West Coast. No, do we? And I'm not drawn even to them here, naturally. It's, it's, it's hard. Cool. Now it's possible to do uh, spontaneous fermentation in Quebec. Mm-hmm. Legal. Since it wasn't legal. legal. Yeah. It wasn't legal oh. until last year. Oh, really? Oh, okay. It's now legal, so we're gonna cool see a lot more cool ships and stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of people that that are interested in it, interested in it, and they, mm-hmm. it's gonna happen a lot. But for now, it's all coming from like Belgium. Yeah, I think this fall is gonna be uh, the first real cool ship season yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, we got the first be... beer last year called Perseid from Pit Caribou. Yes, because I had one of the first ones. That's it. Yeah, but uh, it's starting like. Slowly but surely. Yeah, right. And it's gonna be very cool. It's gonna be amazing. And as I said prior, we have whole hops that lambics growers can can use too. Right. So there's a lot of different varieties. We don't have right. So it's not they just not looking for the yeah because we forgot to talk about one of our products. It's called American Noble. Okay. Do we have that here? I think we have. It's palletized too. I think one of them is. Maybe, yeah. This that one is right it. here. That one? So this is the Mosaic yeah. American Noble. And the American Noble is the, how can you say it? It's the byproduct of cryo hop. When you're removing, when you're removing the lupulin glands from, to make cryo hops, you still have that, a lot of good things that's coming out of the 
what's left of the trial hops. And this is the American Noble. So you can get, instead of getting like mosaic at, which is this one? Yeah, mosaic. This this mosaic particularly is the trial. Mm -hmm. Twenty five point eight. The T ninety, I think. Yeah, twenty five point six. Uh, oh, alpha. that's huge. And then and two point seven. This oh. one is two point seven. So you can this make regular, but a different variety. That's it. This one is regular. That's a regular. So that's you see the, the three different yeah. alphas. The cryo up super you know, concentrated. Twenty five point six. You got the regular one, 14. So that's natural. Right you know, this, <laughs> this is natural. Yeah, it's natural pellet. No, 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 touch. Yeah, and then it. the leftover. The leftover. So that's but it's good leftovers. That's actually the mosaic. So this is the same thing. It's coming from the same bale. We're removing the lupulin plants for this one, and it's super concentrated. And you have this one that's super low alpha. So you can use, like, usually for saison. Lambics, things like that. They're using noble hops from that explosion. Yeah. This, uh, this is this is this is yes, super exciting. I just want to eat it. I know this tastes so bad. This is what it smells like in the kiln when we're when we're harvesting hops. Oh, I mean, yeah. we, we live yeah. in this environment for a so month. All your clothes. It's, oh, it's about 120 and degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just permeates your body. It's it's it, 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 if you want to do a, a podcast, if you want to do a podcast follow up, you should come to Yak. Yeah, definitely do one in a hop dryer. That's it. Yeah, I'm so down. So yeah. down. It's so okay. American Noble. Right. So you got this mosaic, like super high alpha when it's cry uh, cryogenized. This one is super low alpha. So it you can like make laggers, tall, saison, things like that, lambics, but with an American twist. It's usually in in those varieties, you, you, you usually get that's it. With a craft top. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. it. But right. here you can like make new different beers. So you dry hop, you know the dry hop line, the dry hop pills is yeah. super popping right now. Would this be the type of hop you would do that with, or would you I still use so. a higher? No, I would. Either. Low so alpha. Yeah, yeah, low alpha. Low alpha. It's like looking at the hops. So I mean, I don't know if we can get some of that, but you can, you can yeah. tell immediately. Like yeah. this, these ones look like the typical. It's hop pretty dry. Scene. This just looks like super straight. grassy. Yep. It's like straight super up. Grassy. It looks like, mm -hmm. Yeah, I like it. It's more rough. Oh, and if you you can break them if you if you if you want you, you'll see the difference. Oh, and like it's so gonna get much sticky. softer. Yeah, this one is like super soft. It's it's powder, and you'll see the other one. It's more like hard. Oh yeah, I still have smell. Chalky. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, okay, I'm sorry. Squish that properly. But you still got those aroma, but go through that. No, that's that's genius. Um, I've always wanted an, an exact clarification. This might sound like a very, very basic question. What is the definition of a noble hop? I think, uh, you know, this is another evolution in, in my career. So when when uh, I was young and, and, and then, you know, first starting my actual career in the hop industry, the only noble hops were in Europe. They were true German noble varieties. And uh, they, they tended, you know, once again, to come the from Germany Bavaria. Excuse me? German specific. German specific. Right. Noble varieties. And then you had the US hops, which were not noble varieties, and they were they were, you know, very catty and, and they were really weren't used for aroma whatsoever. They were just bitter hops. Yep, yep. And then, you know, we had this American craft brew movement that started that, you know, those brewers figured out how to make these great tastes with, with this cattiness that the US hops had. And beer drinkers loved it, right? So they just started asking for more and more and more well some somewhere in there the tables turned and you know the the beer aficionados of the world enjoyed the the, the aroma profiles of, of u.s hops and 
They, they may not be technically noble, but I think that aroma profile is really yeah. in, noble. in demand now. Yeah, yeah so it's yeah. noble, it's in, noble in a different way now, right? <laughs> so, so the table's kind of turned, you know, and, and that's exciting for me right. as a grower. So what would be the varieties that would be considered a noble hop? Is it more like, but that was more of an Oregon. Deal. Well, but for yeah, that climate, yeah, but, but like Hallertal, Midifu, um, Sass from from Czech, so yeah, yeah. also from Czech Republic, is that uh, the British Northern Brewery, Golding and shit like that. Like, well, those would be that was that was more English varieties that would have been for English ale. So those weren't. I don't believe those were ever considered noble hops in my uh, in my opinion. I could be wrong. Used in the like the Rheinsgebirge right thing. Yeah, it was more and more centered around that Bavaria and in the Czech right. Republic and. and things area the varieties that were grown okay. there yeah yeah and you know those are still desired for certain brews and things i mean brewers like like that background too we have so you know brock talked about a little bit you know nuggets uh from oregon tended to exhibit those types of aromas i don't think they're like well yeah sterling they have yeah and and you know and and but they weren't really technically no buggle oh, right? because it came from the u.s yeah. right yeah. we carried that stigma with us all the yeah. time yeah. yeah i always thought fuggle was british too it is. It is. Fuggles. Is that still known? Yeah. I thought and Fuggles and Willamette like, are really close in, in there. Yeah, what do you say? Is that Williamette? Is that Willamette? Well, Willamette. Am I saying it? Yeah. Willamette's how you say it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The Willamette I'm, Valley. I don't know. You guys know this stuff. Okay. <laughs> and that was bred in Oregon, right? It is. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's in Oregon? Okay. So that yeah. wouldn't technically be noble then because it's North American. Cheers! Cheers. <laughs> Speaking of that, thanks to you. This one now. Tamayur, yes. your best, okay. one of the best. So just to clarify, sorry, I realize, I always forget, I know we're filming it, but I always forget it's a podcast, and I might be like, yeah, this one, this one, and I didn't say what it was. So the mosaic, or the mosaic hops, that's the cryo hops, which are the 25.6% high alpha acid, real chunky one. Mm -hmm. And then there was the uh, the noble uh, mosaic hop, American noble hop, which is 2.7%. That's it. Um, alpha acid so it's the leftover from the cryo process mm -hmm. another one we had here was just a regular thank you regular chinook cup uh, alpha 14.7 so this is completely natural just want to clarify that because yeah uh, my bad. this is another great beer I'm getting good at it now I'm yeah, sure. I, yeah. <laughs> look at that so this is the lagabia tamia uh new england ipa um another phenomenal beer these guys are fantastic i forgot what they're based out of it's kind of like east it's uh, Saint Jean sur Richelieu. There you go. And uh, they're coming. Cheers, cheers, guys. Yeah, cheers, guys. They're coming for the first time in Yakima this year to pick their own hops. Oh, mm -hmm. so they're pretty exciting. They're gonna come with their families, Ooh, different one. Uh, and it's. Uh, and then, I like. Uh, I'm gonna do that. I like yeah, it. I like it. I don't know what they use for this. Do you know what they use? Good say. It's a secret. Oh, I like that. Mm. But uh, no, really there's a, there's citron yeah. mosaic. I know we have just like a melange taste. of yeah. uh, beers. It's pretty dinkable. Cups right now, but do you yeah. like grapefruit? They're coming. Yeah. I, I, I get just, a little grapefruit out of it. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's yeah. new cups. Uh, we just changed image and the, the name of the company two weeks ago. Oh, what was the company called? The name of the company was Yakima Chief Up Union because there was a fusion of two company, two two up companies four years ago. But we decided to change the brand because. It was written YCH hops. And a lot of people oh, were like, saying white shops, and it was not pretty clear. <laughs> so we decided to rebrand everything. And, and if you look at like every logo for every other hop company, it's green. And if you're going in a freezer in the brewery, all the boxes looking the same and everything. But our company are pretty, pretty different. We're 
Grower so you guys are wait, red. That's it. Yeah, I like Grower that. Grower home, we're blue. different. So every you know profit that we made are, are reinvested in, in the hop farms and in the families and everything. Compared right. to other companies that are like owned by bankers. Mm. So our company is pretty different and we wanted a different look. So we came with all the new colors, so like off-white, blue and red. So we're gonna stand out. We're, we always stand out for, from the competition, but now it's gonna be more obvious with the new logo and everything. And uh, those cops coming from Yakima directly, I brought them in my suitcase two weeks nice. ago. And uh, it's the first time that they... Uh, we busting them out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. the B-roll of these ones. And they're like green cups. If you put, don't put them in the freezer, they start to disintegrate after 90 days. Oh, interesting. Oh, like that. Nice. Yeah. So this isn't plastic. Or it's, it's not. It's bioplastic. It's bioplastic. Yeah, sure. Something like that. That's very West Coast. I like so, it. Yeah. And sustainable, sustainable, all about sustainability. And Yakima Cheap is a long-time name in the Yakima Valley. So yep. there's, there's a farm, Yakima Cheap, that goes back way into the turn of the century in the Yakima right. Valley. And, and, and you know, I, I expected that the Yakima Cheap is also, you know, in reference to... So the Yakima Valley, that's the home of the Yakima uh, Native Tribe. Okay. And my farm is actually on the Yakima Reservation. Uh, so it's, a, it's an interesting place to be. And I think this is, pays a little bit of homage to the original inhabitants of the Yakima Valley. And, that's, yeah. and the logo yeah. representing the union of Hop Union and the Yakima Chief. So you see that the infinity with the, the hop yeah, in the between. Rings. Yeah. Right. So it's like a Venn diagram, too. Mm -hmm. so that's that's what I, I like that. That's sick, man. Let me see where we're at. Oh, do you know what? It might be time for the lightning round. Unless there's anything else we want to talk about. So we can always go into something afterwards. There's no rules know. here. This is, this is your time. I think it's... I think it's neat. Oh, yeah, I know you guys are on a bit of a uh, thing. So maybe we should get into the lightning round. I just want to make sure that I know you guys have a lot of uh, things to do, which is yep. awesome. What, what are you guys doing after this? This is the Dunham event, right? We're yeah, we're taking a bus at 4.30 to nice. go to Dunham. And what's, uh, what's happening then? It's the... Uh, it's going to be the private party for the for the all the brewers that are going to be there tomorrow at the, nice. for the evening. so it's going to be at the Tap Fermier the restaurant nice. done so uh, I think it's going to be a pretty nice pretty neat it's going to be fun it's going to be fun I'm bringing my uh, Yakima uh, Northwest Quad <laughs> everywhere in dominating yeah it's fun it's been pretty fun what else are you guys doing on the trip like how long and you go back Monday uh, we're going to, we're moving uh, to Vermont after, for three days. There you go. Hill Farmstead, Alchemist, Lawson's, a few other places. Uh, maybe Fallman, I don't know, we don't have anything. I know that we have like three or four customers that we want to visit. Hill Farmstead and Alchemist and Lawson's are really good customers of ours. So we're going to bring, you know, people from the Northwest visiting those breweries. That, Pretty impressive. Oh yeah, and they all flew out from Burlington on Wednesday. Oh, that's easy. Here be over, over the bottom saves a headache. Michelle. Yeah, well, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough week. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of drinking, a lot of beer, lots of beer. <laughs> I need a few days off and you get back. Yeah, but yes, we got the charter boss and everything, yeah. so we were, I, I took yeah, care of everything. No yeah, I'm a good travel agent, so yeah. I. I booked, uh, Transportation, no everything. No, 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 nobody's gonna drive and drink. Are there's a bathroom on the bus? No. Maybe uh -oh. we're gonna have some to make some stops on the ten. Yeah, on the, the way down. The highway or something. Bring a Gatorade bottle, maybe. That's it. Have you guys been to Vermont before? 
Excuse me. Have you guys been to Vermont? I haven't. Yeah. I haven't been to Vermont. I actually just spent uh, a little bit of this prior week in Massachusetts nice. touring some different agriculture. You know, I've, it's just a whole different trip that I've been on. That's it. I've been to Vermont quite often. It's in my backyard. I live like 40 minutes away from Vermont. So from the borders. So yeah, I, I'm going there for like four or five times a year for the last yeah. six, seven years. So I'm their personal guide. Yeah, show them around. That's it. That's the best. That's it. This is one of my favorite places. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm pretty excited to go back to Blackback Pub and uh, Prohibition Pig yeah, and all those places. Pig, and, and yeah, we're gonna sleep in Waterbury. Nice. Uh, and the second. Yeah, so it's no, it's gonna be amazing. It's always an amazing trip. I'm excited for you guys. So, lightning round. Okay. So, basically, quick questions. Supposed to be quick, but doesn't have to be. We always joke and call it the molasses round because it's never quick. So, you can take your time. There's a bunch of brewing questions, but if they don't apply, we'll skip them. So, first question is what is your guilty pleasure beer? Beer that you enjoy that you would be embarrassed to admit to fellow beer nerds? Oh, I have those. The light beers that everyone drinks. Yeah, yeah, man. When you're. Coors Light? Yeah, Coors Light or Bud Light? Light, When you've been mowing the lawn and it's 100 and something degrees and you've been out there for three hours and you are just. I'm dripping with sweat and you just got to drink something quick and fast to yeah. cool down. I mean, craft beers are great, but yeah. you yeah. can't just drink them all day. You know? I mean, yeah. Yeah. you really got to watch I'm not really craft <laughs> I don't know. Craft lines? So a Coors Light every once in a while does, <laughs> does the trick. Yeah. 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 No. I, I, I keep a few of those in my refrigerator all the time. Sometimes they stay there a long time, but you know, in the summertime, like I said, they'll just come out every once in a while. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. They make a work. All yep. right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Labatt 50. Yeah, that's a popular one. Ah. Yeah. 50 surprisingly good. It's, that's like a lighter it's, beer up here. Isn't it? Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's not light. It's not really light. It's maybe one of the most tasty commercial beers. Yeah. Like a little, like 5%. Five, like five it's not like heavy. Or yeah. No, it's not heavy, but the, yeah. it's it like tasty. tasty. It's tasty. Yeah. It's taste the best. That's what I like. I that's always figure like, like the Canadian lagers are just a little bit of a chitch above the American lagers. Got yeah. a little <laughs> bit extra flavor there, but they're still very, very drinkable. So that's I always like the Canadian lagers. But maybe, yeah, I think 50 from Labatt is the most tasty commercial beer. I would agree. I'll have to try that one. I haven't had that before. No, so, I mean, that's like, why really I don't know if I'd really recommend that over um, everything else. <laughs> no, you should no, no, no. try it. But you know what? For lols, you probably should. Just for a lol. Yeah. No, no, it's yeah. nice. Yeah. It's a nice yeah. beer. Just have it first because you can't go and have it now. Like it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. It's true. It's good, our taste done. Your palate's blown after You all this stuff going. You're an IPA. That's what I'm going That's it. All right. Uh, beer you would decline under any circumstances. You go to a barbecue, you didn't bring your coolers light, and someone's like, hey, want one of these? And you're like, I take a water. For me, I would say like a porter. Not a porter man. I'm okay. not a porter man. No? But other than that, anything's fine. Anything's good? Warm, cold, it's fine. whatever. Yeah, for me, it's a, you know, if you start putting too much fruit in my beer, I just can't go there, you know, and I, I've just got yeah. this thing about too much fruit in my beer. So like you a, start messing a shandy or something like that? Well, I can do a shandy in a hot summer day on the water, you know, boating and stuff like that, but I don't know, some of these watermelon things, and I, I can't do a pumpkin ale either, I'm sorry, oh, you know, yeah. I don't care in October, <laughs> I can't do that. So I don't like too much fruit in my beer. But, you know, some things like a, a grapefruit sculpin from Ballast Point, I That's like pretty that. good. This just is a, a good beer. That little bit of grapefruit in it, that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Me, me too. I'm not into beers with fruit extracts. 
So like the septic uh, purees? Yeah. So no, the puree is good. Puree is good, but all of the fake flavors. Like a fake flavor. Oh yeah, that's true. I hate that. No, yeah, good. that's the only thing I think. Every, These guys everything really else, awesome. everything else is uh, it's pretty. Good. Even uh, thirty degrees Celsius in the summer, I can drink a imperial stout. So is that like ninety degrees? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta translate that over for us. Thirty degrees Celsius. I think it's like hundred. About a hundred. Yeah, I can drink a stout too. So that's hot. That's yeah. hot. But not out in the sun. <laughs> well, <laughs> really maybe once. <laughs> maybe maybe one. That's it. Maybe one. I know yeah. people who do that. That's always crazy to me drinking like 11 cent beers on a 30 degree day. It's good on like, I don't know. Yeah, that's I hope hard. It's going to be it's easy to go to sleep after that. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you're sitting out in the sun. and done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, favorite beer style? So maybe like, maybe like you go to, like overall, if you had to choose one style that's like. I'm a lager guy. Lager? Yeah. And I'm a West Coast IPA guy. I mean, slam me with hops, man. I, I love the hops. Okay, so I'm going to be a New England IPA guy. Huh? Just to yeah, switch that's all right. Switch out. <laughs> no, that's all right. Everyone. I can go there. That's okay. Just don't put glitter in that stuff. No, no. You know, I don't like that. I love that idea. Oh. <laughs> I'm a New England idea guy. So yeah. It's fun. I like yeah. fruit, colorful beers. I want glitter. I think it's dumb as it's stupid. <laughs> How dumb is it? But it looks sick. Have you guys just tried it? Because it never made it to Canada. No I'm just not so sure I could drink that. I don't know. I, I should just, try it. Just for I a should while. try yeah. it. I bet it's terrible. Like you can add food grade glitter to beer, but it kills yeah. the cow. So oh. like it just becomes flat. I've yeah. seen videos of people yeah. doing it. But there have been people who have actually put it in the fermenter and, or at least in the keg and then able to push it out. It's like, you know, it just smells. That's yeah, fun business. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll try one more yeah. time, but I feel like a lot of people would have. I don't like to put my hands on one. I'm yeah, try yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't like that stuff swirling around. I'm, yeah, that. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be my favorite stuff. If something's going to swirl in there, I want it to be a little bit of yeast or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can it. handle it. I like that's that. That's that. Oh, hops. You know, yeah. Oh, hops and you know, Back from my home brewing days. Yeah. That's it. Opposite. Least favorite beer style. Maybe not that you hate it. I mean, you could, but, you know, it's not your top of your list. For me, I think it's Flanders Red. Ooh, good. Maybe. They hit or miss. I, 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 I love Flanders Red, but it's not my favorite style. And English brown ale. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going with. I'm not a big amber guy. No, me neither. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's what I was going with. And, you know, brown ale yeah. for me. I mean, it's not that I don't appreciate it. I like it, but just the, it's the, the just kind of milk toast to me. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I know there's a few amazing ones like Bourbon yeah. Battle Age and things like that. Brown ales. They're out of balance yeah. over to the malt side, you know. Yeah. I've got friends that are, are malt growers, you know, and, and they love that stuff, but that's because they like malt. You guys love growers? Yeah. Shout out to Herb Karst on that. He'd go that direction. Um, desert Island beer. So you're stuck on a desert island, you get one beer forever, uh, presented to you in the perfect, uh, exactly how that beer is supposed to be. Desert Island drink. Wow. So it could, be a, it could be a better island. Like, like have rain and stuff in a river? No. Is it going to be hot? Is it going to be hot and dry? It could be mostly hot and dry. I mean, you know what? This tropical story. If you think about it, okay, so we'll get rain. It's not like, like yeah. rain. Yes, it's not like Antarctica. So. No, it's not Antarctica. It's desert <laughs> island. It's probably some sort of. I didn't really think about the region. You guys asked me too many questions. It's like uh, maybe like a Caribbean type of uh, area, maybe because they do have the storms. You know, Jamaica and stuff. Oh, get rain. Okay, I got it. Okay, go. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go with my neighbor. Uh, I mean, I just love a top cutter from Bale Breaker. It's very hop forward. You know, that is good. Yep, yeah, I. You know, these Yakima are my neighbors. It's Yakima beer. It's 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 a true estate beer, and 
If I gotta have only one beer, that's what I'm doing. Okay, what is it? A pale ale IPA? No, that's an IPA. That's it's an IPA. IPA. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's and it's an extremely hot forward IPA. It's really nice. Right? West yeah, Coast yeah, yeah. 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 Gotta try that one sometime. Okay, if I only have one beer and it's cool enough when we get rain every once in a while, because if it was going to be blazingly hot. I'm going to take a choice. session lager out of Hood River Brewery, which so is yeah, another yeah. session. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's it comes in a stubby bottle, yeah. which is cool. <laughs> it's uh, it's a stubby brown <laughs> bottle, but yeah. that's if it's hot. Yeah. So I don't know. What you... I, I would say session for me. Yeah. Because I could go kind of both. It's okay. It's either a one yeah. brand. And it's just a little more alcohol just... in it. So yeah. it's not yeah. light. So, you so you're straight drinking. one brand. I would which say one? full sale. I drink those a lot. Yep. Yeah. For me, it's hard. Or like an all-day IPA from uh, oh, Founders. Founders. Yeah. Founders. Yeah. That's yeah, great. Founders too. nice. And uh, I've owned sales for like 15 years. It's been a long time. Yeah, they're good. They only have them out west. I don't think you can get them out east, right? Mm. Okay. Oh, they, they, they have them a lot where we are. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You've been in Vermont? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you know why? It's because I don't even bother. I'm big liquor store. I just go to the breweries. That's it. Not really. Yeah. It's a little more easy. Yeah, it's easy. I, I can do it. Sure. I should do that. What, do you, what would you say? I don't know. It changes. As of today, it's, it must be really good because it should change as your as your palate changes. Yeah. Should we have one more beer? So I don't know. Yeah, Catnip. Yeah, <laughs> Catnip from Noctem. Those guys. Uh, uh, Catnip. Yeah, Catnip is an oh, amazing yeah. beer from well, Quebec. Exactly yeah, that, that's, that's good beer. I uh, want to drink it, and it's um, I'm gonna bring it on a like desert island for sure. Yeah, that's it's gonna make me company because I'm gonna be with a cat. That's a good point. That's, that's a good plan. So I, I had a preview of that before we started this, and this is great beer. Yeah, I love it, and uh, maybe like a beer, uh, Tamayar too. And yeah, I, I, want, I wanted to take like some of my customers in Eastern Canada. I'm a pretty big fan of uh, Focal Banger from the yeah, Focal. Focal's there, I think so. Yeah, yeah Focal's uh, started for me to become the one. I used to love. I, I used to love Eddie Topper, yeah. but I'm more of a Focal so. guy now. Yeah, yeah. yeah please. Yes, he does. So yeah, so those are this the three beer beers. Choice. No, no IPAs. Well, I, I had a preview of this beer before we started this, and uh, for some reason, when I stick my nose in, in a cup of this, it just brings back childhood memories of hop harvest. So I, I doubt there's any Yakima Valley cluster in this because not very many people brew with that anymore, but for some reason, it just, it, it has a caddy yep. smell to it, it, and it just really triggered those memories. Yeah. You know, your, your aroma is a real right? pow, you know, sensory, yeah. powerful. And the hops are and, blowing yeah. everywhere because yeah. they're so light. That's what I got out of this when I stuck my nose in the first time. So. The, that's cheers. Cool, yeah, cheers. 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 To memories. Yeah, to memories. And those guys are, Pretty nice people. Yeah, it's just very pretty nice. Like that. Yeah, not very nice. No, it's pretty nice. not really, really nice. Really nice. <laughs> Their restaurant is amazing really in Quebec yeah. City. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna bring you guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, gonna bring you guys uh, in in Quebec City uh, to visit them and knock them. They do pretty well, they amazing do. food. Mm. And they're, they're going to open their own brewery because they're, they're now contracting. Oh, okay. But they're opening in uh, November or December in Quebec oh, City. Awesome. So they're going to increase the production. It's going to be available everywhere in Quebec. Oh, yeah. It's great. Because it's pretty hard to find now. But Yeah, I only uh, find it occasionally. Whenever I saw it, I always grabbed it because it wasn't around very often. That's it. Yeah, I went to a beer store today and was there. So I said, oh. Yeah. And the packaging. I mean, the, the, the cat that's zoned out. I mean, you got to like that. I got a, <laughs> I got a few colleagues. He's a favorite. A famous cat, like, like an Instagram famous <laughs> yeah, cat. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and they got. I got a few colleagues in the Yakima that got those cans in their at their desk. 
Oh really? Yeah. They just like the, they want, the, they just, like it. Yeah, they just like they, they love the beer, but they love the artwork too. Yeah, it's it pretty is. cool. Different. Yeah. Very different. Like, it's a great cat. Um, we did Desert Island. Be a trend prediction. So, what do you guys think will be the next trend for 2019? Uh, I think it's going to go to a little bit lighter beer. Maybe pilsners. Pilsners. I think yeah, it's just lighters. something that's maybe a little healthier, not as much alcohol with sugar. Yep. I think. I think yeah. everything's kind of trending Would that be more dry hop. Do you think healthy weight? Maybe. I hope so. Yeah, and a, a drier yeah. beer style. And yeah, I think you're right. You know, if you look at that millennials and, and what they tend to drink, you know, and these flavored waters and things like this. You know, my generation grew up on Coke and Pepsi and Seven Up and these flavorful, sugary things. And and you know, with the war on sugar and you know, people's taste profile files have, are seem to be changing and going to a lighter style. So I think that's a pretty good prediction. Yeah, a, a lager beer. But with a lot of complexities, right? So, so they're not going to all taste the same. Hoppier lager beer, yeah, yeah. yeah. like your dry hopping pilsner yeah. or something yeah. like that. Like Malmstrom, the one that we had. Yeah, all of their stuff are all lagered, and they just yeah. basically dry hop the crap out of it, so it's an IPA. But lagers and Kolsch beer are that kind of style brewed with American noble hops from Nekmachi. Works for me. Fast My prediction. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, and from Washington and Idaho. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we'll let the Oregon guys in yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. The, Pacific, the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. Speaking of that, you mentioned that. Have you guys had the Brut uh, IPAs? It's that in yeah. San Fran? The Wedge like IPAs? Brut IPAs. Oh, you know, I haven't had one of those, but I am really yeah. interested in, in tasting Fascinating. them. Yeah, I only tried yeah. one so far, but the problem is all the people out here brewing them haven't been to San Francisco to try the uh, social. They're original. Like, I don't think no one heard of it. So, Brood IPAs, they're, they're basically it's supposed to be the answer to the New England style that is essentially they use that like, champagne yeast. Well, that or something that's an enzyme called amylase, amylase or something. Amylase? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That basically dries, it's bone dry, which is what you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Less, uh, well, I'm not sure about the booze because the one I had was like 7.2, which is a little boozy for the style. No sugar left over at all. No it's sugar. It's not super dry. completely dry, yeah, yeah. but super fruity. Um, Complete opposite. It was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, I want to try. I want to try more. Like, yeah, no, I'm really excited to get some of those. And my wife, you know, it's got a real discerning palate, and she likes dry, dry drinks. And there are certain beers that she likes, but not a lot of them. To be honest with you, she lives on a hop farm. But, but I think the brewed IPAs are right up her alley, and I would like to get some of those to. Well, I'm going to give her a Molson Dry. Oh, okay. No, we'll try that. No. <laughs> it's not a Molson Dry? No, no, no. <laughs> Don't listen I'm to this guy. I'm just uh, okay. I'm joking. <laughs> he would never see you up. No. no. <laughs> There's a uh, Molson have one tomorrow. They have the Brewed IPL, mm-hmm. like Indie Pell Lager, so I'm pretty okay. keen on trying that one. Yeah. Uh, favorite up-and-coming breweries? So maybe ones that are sort of new, starting out, that you really enjoy. <laughs> I just know a lot of local ones in our area. Yeah, I know a lot. I visited a lot in the last six months. They're, uh, they're all great. There's a lot of great breweries. It's pretty hard. Yeah, it's a tough question. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I think everyone's got the local ones that they like trying, and, and I've got one that's just, you know, two miles down the street from my house. I can walk to it if I want to, and, and they've got, I hate to say this, but they've got this beer that's made with Mosaic and Galaxy, you know, which, but it's really interesting, right? And I, and I love that beer. Uh, so, you know, I, I think we're going to go to even more and more of a, a you know, of a local. There's going to be more and more breweries all the time. And the ones that make good beer are going to survive, but we're going to have more. And it's going to be local. So, yeah, and it's going to be local. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. like food's becoming local. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty excited about uh, Charlie. Yeah, they're great. That just Alex. opened. Yeah, Alex. 
He's a great brewer with a lot of experience. I'm, yes. I'm pretty sure he's going to do great things he's getting. They just opened in, in April uh, on the South Shore of Montreal. And he's now getting used to his new brewing kit and everything, but he's, he's an amazing brewer. He was the head brewer at uh, Les Trois Les Trois yeah, one years. of the best breweries in Quebec. And um, the other one is uh, based in Gaspésie. He's going to be Breath and Sauvage. So it may, is that Francis? Francis yeah. from Pit Caribou's doing a like kind of side brewery. project and it's going to be all wild beer and uh, lambics cool. and things like that. Yeah. I'm pretty excited to, to hear from them. Mm. I'm looking forward to trying that too, actually. Yeah, for I got sure. an interview with the guy next week. Francis can't speak enough English. Yeah. So he's sending his two IC. So I'm actually <laughs> hoping that he brings some of those beers because I want to uh, see what's up. Yeah, for sure. Um, favorite beer city, destination, or country? Where do you like to go for beer? Montreal. Montreal for sure. It's been pretty good here so far. Yeah, I, I got to say, I mean, I, I love the city. This is a pretty impressive. We don't have cities like this in the United States. No. Uh, the, in what the, sense? The architecture and the buildings and the culture and things that exist here are just a lot of history, right? Here. Yeah, a lot. right. But so this, but this is my first time here. So prior to coming here, you know, I'd be a toss-up between Seattle and Denver. I spent oh, a lot yeah. of time in both of those places. Yeah. And I can find great beer in both of them. Uh, probably would give Seattle. a slight edge to Denver because of the variety there. But I mean, Seattle's my I mean, kind of my Bend. Yeah, Bend yeah. is good. Bend, too. Yeah, Bend, Bend's Oregon. great. Also, yeah. Bend, Oregon, yeah. Portland's, Portland's, Portland's good. Portland's amazing. Yeah, Boise hasn't been bad. I mean, that's kind of no. Well, Boise's <laughs> doing a good <laughs> job. Boise, oh, Boise's Boise. getting in there. They it's are. I need to go there. That. But for me. Um, I visited Portland. I'm going to be visiting Denver next year for CBC. Pretty excited about it. But I think Vermont yeah. is my go-to place besides, you know, Eastern Canada. Yeah. Vermont and Boston. Haven't been there yet. No, like Trillium, Treehouse, Boston region. Yeah, it's a night shift. Mystic. There's a lot. But Vermont is like... The ones. It's only one hour away from it's from my an home. hour and a half from right here. So you can yeah. make Burlington like it's forty five minutes to the border and forty five minutes to Burlington. Burlington. So it's it's in our backyard. It's easier to go there to go to Quebec City. Yes, it is. Three hours to Quebec City, an hour and a half, to, and including border time for an immigrant. That's it. So it's pretty good. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Right, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm going to. Are you guys going to do GABF? Yeah, in three weeks. Oh, I'm going to be in Yakima. In September, it's end of September. Yeah, I'm going to be in Yakima at that time for harvest, but it's during the weekend. Yeah. So maybe I'm going to flew from Yakima to up there to hop, yeah, to see it because we're uh, we got a competition that we're sponsoring called Alpha King. About the hop ideas, uh, thing. Oh, yeah. So maybe I'm going to be able to go. I don't know. It's, it's going to be a. Busy three weeks. We'll be knee deep in hard pop harvest. That's a product for the brewers. So you know, I think we're going to be locked in at, at our farms, but we'll be there in spirit. Yeah, it's my first time going to Colorado. We're doing like a ten day trip in Colorado, and leading up to that, doing around that. So I'm looking forward to. I've never been there. So Fort now, Collins is another beer. Good yeah, Fort Collins is a great spot. Oscar Blues. That's a great. Yeah, I was looking yeah. up exactly yeah. where everything is. Like just like Crooked Stave is out there. Yeah, yeah. Odell. Fruit Yeah, Odell. Like Pinner beer from Oscar Blues. I I haven't had that yet. Which one? Pretty good. Pinner beer. Pet. Pinner. Oh yeah, I've had Pinner. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the throwback IPA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, cool. it's a good beer. That's it. Um, I'm excited now. That's good to hear. Uh, underrated style or brewery, city or country, Just somewhere or something that's underrated. 
Tough one, isn't it? Ottawa. Great call. Very Ottawa, underrated. Canada. They got like amazing breweries. Bar Canada. Bar Canada doesn't get snow. But it's so technically Yeah, it's, it's, it's Ottawa. But, you know, exactly. There's Teuton Nail. The big there's, city, uh, Beyond the Pale. Yeah, Beyond the Pale. Small Pony. Yeah, Small Pony. Mm-hmm. They got like Bicycle Craft. Bicycle, hell yeah. There's a lot of Straight amazing up. breweries usually because if you're talking to a guy from Quebec, like about Ottawa 10 years ago, for everybody it was a pretty boring city. Hell yeah, it's like Clock Tower is it. That's it. But now, it's booming everywhere and they got amazing brewers yeah. and amazing breweries and I think it's still underrated but it's it's on the radar they're doing great things agreed you know I think too uh, and I don't know why but I mean I Hood River Oregon that's where Full Sail is right, and right. Stevenson that area Frame, yeah Frame. Frame's there and you know there, there's Pretty. you know a couple other smaller guys there you know, that's Backwards kind of, not that far yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of kind of neat and, you know Close and the other one that pops into my mind is Kansas City you know Boulevard and, but so that's that's what popped into my Kansas mind that's that. what, yeah good answers never had those yeah well you asked for underrated yeah <laughs> you're gonna have Frame tomorrow oh they're, they're except that PFR yeah yeah, yeah. they're amazing yeah. yeah. All right. See, I didn't even know. Tomorrow. Okay. Already. What, what about Phoenix? Is there Phoenix, Arizona? I think there's a few craft brewers. Um, there. my friend is out. There. <laughs> I'm not aware. <laughs> no, like, I, no, there is. Um, in Mesa, there's um, Twelve West, which is a newer one. I know the brewer from them. They made this. I had a few of their things. They're really good. Mm-hmm. I could see that being a good scene. It's interesting because yeah, of the climate, right? Of people. Yeah, yeah. It's like not unexpected. I can't even think anymore off the top of my head either, which is bad because I know one dude. But I definitely heard my my friend lives there, and he's he's always uh, bringing stuff when he comes to visits. And he's always saying it's just some really really good stuff out there. But I feel like it is definitely underrated. Maybe they're on the way up. Okay, I like that. Uh, best beer you ever drank in your life? Best what? Best beer you ever drank in your life. So it's often situational. Maybe there was when I was about fourteen. Uh, <laughs> was like <laughs> me, 21, twenty-one. Yeah, you know, I might have been on a trip with him when he was fourteen, <laughs> and he had the Coors Light. Actually, I was a bit yeah, older, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's pretty hard. Shit. There, right? uh, I remember the first time I had Canadian breakfast out from Founders. I was in Vermont, and. Uh, this year they came out with a lot of bottles everywhere they did. available that I drank for the first time maybe four years ago. Okay. And it wasn't like 2012 keg that they tapped at the Prohibition Pig in Waterbury, Vermont. And I'm going to remember, remember this day for the rest of my life. I think it's one of the best beer I've ever had. Is that real? Yeah. Okay. I'm drinking on Sunday, finally. I'm excited. I have a few ones in my cellar. Apparently now is the turn, the one from last year. Was it last year or this year? I think it was last year. Last year. And this is the peak now. Like it's peak. If founders announced that this is the peak, so I've got like bottle like seven, five, crack any of them. I got a few ones I uh, bought at the LCBO. Oh, the, the little guys. The little guys, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's an amazing deal. Okay. I'm gonna go with Bodazafa IPA, uh, Georgetown Brewery in, in Seattle, and you know, it was a gold medal winner in the Great American Beer Festival a couple of years ago. Had our Citra in it, and you know, I, I just love that beer, especially you know when it's on tap. And I and I still remember bringing uh, home a, a growler of it. And I told you a little bit about my wife's not a huge beer drinker, but 
I uncorked that growler and this amazing aroma poured out of it and filled the room that we're in. And my wife went, wow, I want some of that. And she loves Bodhi. Uh, and so to this day, I mean, I, I guess that's had a huge impression on me. That's cool. it's, a it's, it's a great beer. Yeah, it's, it's a, a great brewery too. You know, and it's, yeah, it's another close brewery to me. We got a great relationship with those folks at Georgetown, Manny and the group and, and Reed. And yeah, that's what I'd go with. Love it. That's cool. Yeah. I would say Pinner beer from Oscar Blues. Yeah. But is a special one? Yeah. Is that good, like, on tap there or something? Well, we used to get it in our local store. So it was kind of like... The, and so we drink dinners <laughs> all the time, and they didn't, weren't carrying for a while. Right. But, uh, they brought it back. And then I went to the brewery, and it was great. Okay. Have a yeah. Is it worth going there? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I mean, it's big. It's, yeah. it's big, yeah? Yeah. All right. So you should do it. Fort Collins was good. Yeah. yeah, Fort Collins, if you haven't been there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a good place to go. Yeah, yeah. That You should go there sometime. And New Belgium has a Pilsner. It's really good. How? Blue paddle. Oh, yeah, paddle. Yeah, solid. That's a good one, too. That's a good tour as well. Yeah. Okay, sick. Um, so, kind of different to that. Favorite beer of all time. So, is it like just like a favorite that always has a soft spot that you can drink over and over? That... Yeah, Kim High BA from the Castle. Such a good beer. That was, was like, uh, yeah, the Gateway beer for a lot of. Beer yeah. drinkers now in Quebec. You know, six, seven years ago, it was the first real West Coast IP could have drink in uh, in Quebec, and they're still doing it. So it's amazing. Definitely great. It's a great one. So I'm gonna go with two. First one because I think it also touched off the craft beer revolution. It's Anchor Steam. Yes. Anchor Steam. Fritz Maytag, you could nice. say, is one of the the grandfathers of all of this. And then the other one, I do Burt Grant's Scottish IPA. Burt Grant's obviously passed away, and that, that brewery's not in business. But Burt Grant had the first brew pub um, in the United States, technically brew pub in Yakima, Washington, back in the 80s. Uh, and he, he made this Scottish ale, which, you know, no one knew what that even was. And, you know, it's probably not a beer style that I would gravitate towards now, but it was the most unique thing that you could get at the time. Right. I like that. I mean, I don't drink a lot of craft beer. I mean, I would say my favorite beer, I know it sounds bad, but it's a light lager. Nothing specific? Coors Light. Yeah. <laughs> I hate, I hate <laughs> you know, that up. But right, I mean, when you're farmers out there, there's you're a in a hop in the heat. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of hop farmers and hop growers that love like Coors Light. And it's and not because it's whatever. It's just, you know, it's easy to it drink. And drink. And, yeah. Yeah. To be fair enough, there's a historical significance there. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. part of it. Um, this probably might not apply first beer you ever brewed. Applies at all, not really. That does yeah. to me. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you go uh, it was a wit beer. Nice. Was it good? Or your favorite beer you went to? The first beer that first beer. The first brewed. beer you brewed. By myself, yeah, wit beer. Got a friend who showed, showed me and my wife how to brew. Maybe six, seven years ago, and the first beer that we made was a wit beer. I oh, yeah. think it's pretty good. There, I think there's a slight beer. I've always wanted to know there's a difference between a wit beer and a half a like, It's the yeast difference. I think it's the, yeah, I think it is the yeast the difference. Yeast, or there's like um, one of them has coriander and stuff like that. I don't know. Uh, I think the yeast is the biggest. Like a wheat beer, yeah. 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 It's like, it's, I think it's mad subtle though. I was getting, I have no idea off the top of my head. I can never remember. I'm gonna have to check on the web too. So <laughs> we'll Google it. We're yeah. not brewers. We're not expected to know. So That's it. So the first beer I brewed was an amber. You know, just because it was easy and stuff. 
Uh, so I brewed an, an amber, and it turned out great, you know, and you can mask all kinds of sins in an amber beer, which I probably had plenty of them, but it turned out good. I thought it was drinkable and stuff. But I, I want to follow up. You didn't ask the question. The last beer I brewed, which has been a while ago, was a... Was a Oh, Washroom is a uh, bathroom in Canada, Canadian. I was trying to brew a... <laughs> I need to hit that too. <laughs> Czech lager. We have a washroom break, yeah, yeah. Trying to brew a Czech lager yeah. well, with some... Well, it should have went well, but I, you know, Czech sots and uh, Czech sots at 3%. I got some American sots that were the first, some of the first sots grown in America in, in major quantities and didn't know at the time. Czech sots usually come in at about 3% alpha. These American sots were at six. I dosed this beer like it was 3%. It was totally undrinkable when I got done with it. It was so overbalanced on the hot side that I didn't get through the whole five gallons. Was there a lot of alcohol? No, well, no, not necessarily. It was pretty light, clean, but it was just so many hops, and there wasn't any malt to, to balance, balance it out. out. Yeah. So I started with an amber. The last one I brewed was this. Tried to brew with this Czech lager, and I think I probably still have a little bit of that in the bottom of Cornelius keg out in my garage. That's probably nasty by now. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just sitting there warm. Yeah, you know, you don't even want to open that. No, no. Pay someone to clean yeah. that. Hell no. Um, Death Row Beer slash Meal Pair. Death so Row Beer. So your final beer and meal pair. Oh, if you're oh. on Death Row. Say so you're on Death Row. I know it's a little morbid. But say if you're, uh, you know, last beer, or just Death Row is more like just the picture of your final. So if you're going to have like a final uh, beer and a it meal. It got real over here, Luke. Death Row Beer. <laughs> oh, crow. Oh, crap. Yeah, I don't know. So while you're thinking... For me, if, if I got to do this, I'm gonna I'm gonna pair a bunch of different beers, right? I'm gonna start out with a light beer, you know, and I'm gonna have Flight. my aperitif. Yeah, you get drunk. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be really screaming drunk. drunk by the end of this thing, but hope so. And I'm gonna work my way through, and I'm gonna finish off with a porker, you know, a, a stout. Yeah, something really strong with a chocolate cake and things yeah. like that at the end. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stage a bunch of beers that match. A all huge the meal all the way through, and I'm gonna go down really full and very happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I'm gonna do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, all right, let's do it. Last beer, Detro. Gonna have to be a strong beer, like maybe barley wines. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, great. So, yeah, because I don't want to feel Something anything. Potent. Yeah. When I'm dying, so I'm gonna go with a like barrel aged. Like maybe a 12 pack of that. <laughs> barrel leach barley wine something yeah. like that alright yeah. yeah. barrel leach barley what about the food steak yeah spaghetti. it's gonna be a steak <laughs> alright spaghetti, spaghetti. Oh, you're pretty easy <laughs> I like that I'm going yeah, steak yeah steak and fries but like a spaghetti with the grated cheese yeah alright that'd be good I like it <laughs> Do you, have, do you have one? I think I'd do the barley wine as well. The barley wine? Just what something real potent. Yeah, with the steak? And I'd probably go pizza and steak. Oh, pizza and steak. You can have one anywhere else. Just because I really like pizza and that'd be my last meal. I'm going to do the steak. Just to balance it out. <laughs> Got the carbs. Um, I don't know if this, this one applies. Favorite or least favorite style to brew? Probably not that applicable. Okay, okay. No. Imperial stouts, uh, I got a... I got a I got a 20 gallon... Uh, brewing system at home. Okay. When I were doing like imperial style, it's pretty complicated because we have to put it's more grain and more water and do like half batches and mm. mixing it all up. So it's more complicated. But it's it's 
it's fun. Right. It's even fun. But I think it's my least favorite because it's more complicated. Yeah. But it's still fun. Right. So it's not virtue good than to shovel snow. Yeah. <laughs> it's just shoveling malt. That's <laughs> it. Close enough. I always hear that brewers always say that rye is the worst. Of yeah, right. Rye gets right, yeah. mash and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. it. Which is a nightmare. Um, worst beer you've ever made doesn't really apply. Yep. Well, I did on that check pills, not the worst beer ever. Yeah. Kind of sounds good, though. Yeah. Really it it would have been good if I had known what I was dealing with on the hop side. I had twice the alpha I thought I, I had. If only you were a hop fan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what music do you listen to when you brew? Probably not that, that applicable. No, that's so applicable. applicable. I'm a big music fan. Yeah, me too. Rock. Yeah. Rock music. Yeah. Mel and rock. A lot of classic rock. Yeah. A lot of Mel. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot. I'm 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 building these these like playlists on Spotify with over 1,000 songs, and it's on random. Yeah. Everything from Journey to Slayer. I don't know. There's a lot. It's pretty pretty hard to know. Yeah. I'm not listening to a particular band, but. It's all over the place, but it's okay. mostly everything. Rock okay. music. So if I had if I had one, it would be classic rock too. Yeah. But I my musical tastes are pretty varied. I mean, if you look at my Pandora list, you'd like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. You know, it's, it's wide and varied. But if I, you know, if you went back to the desert island thing and I could only pick one style, it'd be classic rock. That's what I grew up on, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Is style uh, what music would you listen to when you brew? So I know that's the alternative. Yeah. Yeah, you're a little Not bit younger than me. Than that would be yeah. yeah. Two <laughs> examples. Oh, I don't know. I Bands. Was, I was like Lumineers, or stuff like hey. that. But it's that kind yeah. of chill. Yeah. Type Folk stuff. rock, like mm-hmm. more recent music. Yeah. Are they yeah. like country rock Lumineers? Yeah. Is that like they're right. more, like, more folk rock? Folk rock. Folk, folk alternative rock. rock. Yeah. Jay, something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Modern yeah. folk. Mm-hmm. I like folk. Uh, no, this is the, the most appropriate question. What's your favorite hop? That is a good question. It's a good question. It's very tough. And you're going to have to pick a baby. It's mosaic. I was going to say, mine's mosaic. Yeah. Oh, let me just Because they grow well and they yield well. Let's breed mosaic. Try on mosaic. This, this have one, please. Yeah. yeah, let's do no the epicenter. Beer. Let's do the epicenter. It's amazing. We actually have to take a photo at the end of all of us. It looks better if our glasses are filled. So let's do the, oh, do do the epicenter, the Chablis. Yeah. Uh, okay, you guys went mosaic. I'm gonna go That's something the red label. Different. Continue. Sorry, man. Yeah, no problem. Just I, you know, mosaic grows well. I don't grow it, but I, I watch it a lot. I I think Equinox really cool because oh, yeah? it yeah for a grower because it comes up. It's bright yellow. You get this bright yellow plant that looks really funky and Cones weird. Cones are hard. They pick. Yeah, up. but but when you look out over fields, if you can get above a hop farm, you know, and look out over fields, you see all this sea of green with this yellow field in the middle. And then as the summer changes, as you get farther into the summer, that yellow turns to green. I got to pour it, guys. It's really cool. So you get to see this color change. So the yellow, the actual equinox plant is yellow. It's yellow. It's yellow. The the first name of that plant was equinox, and it was really named to because you know when you get your your summer equinox, it changes from yellow to green. But there were some problems with some branding uh, in that, and so they renamed it. Yeah, 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 and so. But it's really cool to watch grow and see the color change. That's, That's why I like sick. it. I had no idea that it was uh, yellow. Thank you, yeah. sir. Yeah, well, it is a, a yellow initially. Now, if you go to our farms, it's green. If you came to our farms in May, it's as yellow as can be. Yep. Yellow as this beer almost. Yep. 
It's yeah. a super mosaic view. And this, this is, one? yeah, every sound from uh, Charlie, and it's the first time that they use cryo-hops. It's ah. good. The, first, the, 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 the last batch that they just brew. Uh, I had a meeting with Alex uh, last week, and he just told me that he used cryo-hops for the first time in it. That's nice. probably my least favorite And it's one. the... Least favorite? Uh-huh, at all. They, Least favorite? This, uh -huh. this was, when I tried it, it was hazier than this. It's so really mosaic. There's a lot of mosaic. Hmm. He did, um, this was kind of like an East meets West IPA. Yeah. And I had his other one, I was thinking it was called Soleil Jean. Yeah. Which I really liked. Soleil Jean was like, was like full on, dry, dry dusty, hop. Yeah. Super like, yeasty and... I can see why. Tick. Yeah, it was really nice. That one was, was great. I have, so I had the I had the early ones. Do you know Noah Forest? Sorry? Do you know Noah Forest? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, Noah's beer. My, yeah, beer, yeah. Noah's my boy. I talk to him every day. So he hooked me up because he's good friends with Alex. So he got me the earlier version of this. So I know that they're, yeah, they're improving their you know footing with the system and stuff like that. And that's it. Switching it up. <laughs> uh, we have one last question while we're waiting then. What does your family think of your job? I mean, I guess yours are just like, well, if I didn't do this, what am I supposed to do? Well, I mean, our operation's all family. Yeah, so it's very... So, uh, everyone's involved. I mean, I've worked... I think everyone really loves what they do, and it's our lifestyle. Yeah, very so cool. we're all kind of ingrained with it. My grandpa, he's still around. So, uh, he's 95 now. Jeez. And Good so he's, he still comes around. And uh, we all kind of get together and talk about all the stuff that we need to do, and do everything and then uh, my brother actually recently just had a son so we got a fourth generation now that'll be nice. taken over that's it and so uh, I think the family loves what we do that's very cool because sure. we're all involved it's very cool so the question was what does your family think of your job which is very relevant to, yeah, you, uh, yeah. to you guys so I heard a little bit of the answer you know I've got the same situation my my father's I call him semi-retired he comes to work most every day checks in at the farm, asks what's going on, puts in a little bit of advice, whether we want it or not, here and there. Opinion. Yeah, yeah, and, and does a lot of work for us still. You know, he runs and goes and gets parts and supplies for us and stuff, and, and really is a, a great base of knowledge uh, for not just my brother and cousin and I, but you know, for my my daughter and my nephew, and, and they're probably gonna be more coming into our operation. So it's just, you know, these multi-generational family farms are really a cool thing. Yeah. Uh, and how they transition and, uh, you know, just what goes on there because it's a blend of business and family. Yeah, very cool, guys. It's I love it. It's pretty different since I just started the job six, seven months ago. We're still adjusting because I was there every night and now I'm traveling a lot and I'm missing my wife and kids, but they know that I'm the most happy guy in Canada right now. <laughs> so you have a good job. I have a, the most amazing job. You know, I'm traveling for beer. I'm meeting, you know, people that are passionate about their job. I'm helping them achieve their goals. And uh, I know that my kids and wife are pretty happy for me. It's hard for them because I'm away a lot. We're still adjusting, and it's getting better and better. They're, yeah, they're, they're really happy for me. But I want to make them more involved with me. I want to travel with them, I want to bring them, yeah, bring them to you know, in Yakima, see what I'm doing, and they know that 
remember this, you were drinking this beer before, and they're asking questions about hops, and they're asking questions about my colleagues in Yakima, and what I'm doing, and uh, I'm, okay, I'm working from home now, so you're downstairs all day long, what are you, what are you doing, and everything. You gotta bring them to Yakima during hop harvest, so yeah. can experience that, the sure. smells that we were talking harvest about. Harvest is so like, fun. Yeah, you gotta bring them to Yakima yeah, they're, they're, harvest they're gonna be really the tired about running. It. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's kind of a tough time, they're starting school, but yeah, maybe sure. you ought to pick four or Just five days. Yeah, they're starting at the end of August, bit. so I'm gonna yeah. be in Yakima for the first week. Yeah, okay. And I'm coming back for two weeks, flying back for three weeks after. But they're, you know, they're asking a lot of questions. And thanks to FaceTime and everything, I can yeah. like talk to them every night, uh, telling them what I did during the day and everything. But it's, 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 it's more easier now, but it's still hard. I'm still adjusting, but they're really happy. It's great. I love it. When was the exact harvest time? Does it go? Is it just September? Or does it go into October? Well, we usually try to be done in September, but yeah. it might go to the first week of October. Okay. The last week of August, the first week of October. That's it so should be five weeks. It should be just be in September, but yeah. So sometimes it takes a little longer. Yeah. Sometimes five weeks turns into six weeks too. It's yeah. Crops large. Yeah. yeah. It's not a bad thing, right? That's well, not uh, a bad. Can be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had to understand the life of a hop farmer during hop harvest. I mean, this this thing's running twenty four seven, right? Doesn't and, stop. And it is intense right. as it gets, and your life is totally consumed. So, you know, Brock and I understand, and in two weeks our lives are going to change. Yep. And you know, we grew up in an environment and continue to live in an environment where you know one tenth of our life is devoted to this this hop harvest yep. thing, which is it's great, it's fun, it's exciting, but it is a it exhausts you. It's draining. Yeah. When you get to the end of harvest in October, you have spent every last ounce you of energy. You don't want to see another hop filled. Yeah, yeah filled. you know, and I remember as a kid, my dad coming home and sleeping for a week. I mean, because you just, you're, you give it all and, and it's done. Uh, so, and that's what it's like. It's just total uh, giving everything you've got to get into the finish line. You know, I, I tell people growing hops is a lot like playing poker, right? And you know, you start in February with your auntie and you know, and then we go around, we bet, we bet, we bet, we bet, we bet, and we stay in, we stay in. Sometimes something happens, mother nature, and you fold early, but most of the time you stay in. And when you're at this point in time and, and into the first week of September, you've got your whole pot out there. Yeah. You've got no choice but to go clear to the There's end. There's a lot of stress and a lot of things on the line. Yes. Currently, like right now. Yes, yeah. yes. Which is, it's a tough time for Brock and I to be here, but you know I think Brock's got the same situation as me. I've got some great people at home: my daughter, my brother, and my cousin, yep. and my nephew, Take that, and my dad that are keeping yeah. things going back there. But uh, yeah, sure. it's a lot of stress, <laughs> a lot of stress, but it's fun. That's why we do it. Yeah, that's what it is. Keeps us coming back every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I get, yeah, that's crazy. I didn't really think of it like that. that the harvest is that whole year. It is. Well, when you start harvest, it's like summer and it's hot out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it's a month later, it's like kind of cold. Yes. And it's like you miss this month of life. Yes. It's really strange. Oh, right. Yes. So all of a sudden it goes from like sweating like crazy to, to like cold. Yes. Wearing, wearing a sweatshirt. And, and, and so much of, really weird. for maybe Canada and certainly in the U.S., people talk about summer going to Labor Day. No, no. Summer in our lives always goes to the start of hot yeah, so Summer's over. After that. It's, it's hot and sweaty still, but summer's it's over. We done. don't do anything. It's done. Harvest yeah, hops. You don't leave. You don't. It doesn't matter. You don't no. breathe. You don't do nothing. You just. How many hour days are you working? Sixteen for me. Yeah, I mean, I pop in and pop out. And it's just all the time. So you just, mm-hmm. just wait for ten, sleep for a little bit. Okay. You're around all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 
Totally. Checking on kills, make sure they're drying right, make sure they're putting the right varieties where, where the bales are getting shipped. It goes on. Because you guys are in charge, so you guys are sort of the, yep. the coordinating everything and mm-hmm. making sure everyone's doing their And jobs. we have good people in place that kind of, of course, take yeah. care of everything and but doesn't get mean, it ready now. But does any less stressful because you have to make sure if anything goes wrong, it's on you. It's right, there. correct. It, it always goes right to the top, to the ownership, right? If mistakes made, yep. you know, it goes right back to, to us. Right and, to the guy. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and that's the last thing you want. And crash your fingers, never happens. So, right. It's, yep. it's, uh, are you looking forward to the hearts? <laughs> I always look forward to it. I mean... Because it's like the culmination of all your work, right? Yeah. I guess really when you think about it. It's a mixed feeling for me. Yeah, it's scary. It's looking forward to things. It's the end of summer. It's, you know, no more weekends. I, mean, I worry about the hop dryers all the time. Yeah, the you burns. know, I mean, Sunday, Sunday is Sunday is a day of the week like every other one, right? You know, people will say, hey, you know, I want to come visit you during hop harvest or see the harvest. What day of the week's best? doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> They're all the same. I tell people it's a lot like the movie, if you've watched it, Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Where yes, he so wakes up at 6 o'clock on the same day over and over. That's what hop harvest is like for us. It's exciting, don't get me wrong, but it's a grind too, so it's both. You know, it's just an emotional ride. Yeah. Hops are emotional. All through the growing season too. You'll have weather where they look good, and all of a sudden it turns off too cold, it gets too hot. It's not looking like, oh no, they, the wind blows the wrong way and they look weird. Yes, that's, that's and then you got, <laughs> Then you're in a bad mood, and <laughs> it's just... This is all true. It's just you complicated. Know, you never, you know, my, my thing is, you never want to drive around your farm and look at your crop with the pops when the wind's blowing, because they look bad. Oh, they look the like they're like dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. It's going to be like... And, and then, you, then you think, oh, I trained that field wrong. Oh, I did that wrong. I should have done this different. But is it rarely the case? Oh, I mean, it happens every year. Okay. But it always works out. It always in a way. Out. Yeah. That's crazy. Guys, I really appreciate it. This has been fascinating. Thank you really, very much. Thanks for your to time. you. Yeah, thanks for really having me. It's pretty good. Where can uh, everybody who's listening or watching, where can they all find you guys online? Where's uh, Yakima? Yakimachieve.com. Yakimachieve.com? Uh, brand new site that's not like really accurate for now but there's a lot of new stuff coming on and I'm gonna be there you can reach me there they need uh, any question about hops need to know about pricing varieties drop me a line I'm there legend thank you legend. yeah for us you know we've got doublerhop.com and you know it's a it's a great overview of our family farm and things but to be honest with you we more concentrate on Facebook and Instagram now because that's where you're gonna get the daily updates Oh, that's loud. Big things happening. Yeah, so if you know you search for Double R Hop Ranches on Facebook, you'll get to see daily updates during harvest and throughout the growing season. My daughter takes care of that for us. Fantastic. Yeah. Perfect. Yep, and then we're at ObendorfHop.com and also on Facebook. So Obendorf Farms, Obendorf Hop, we're the only Obendorfs out there. So, so there look is. For that. <laughs> so. Amazing. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much. Thanks for, once again, thanks for having us. Really yep. appreciate it. Thank yep. you so you much. Um, guys, if you enjoyed the episode, mate, check us a big fat thumbs up. Hit subscribe below and hit the notification. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and hit the notification bell. Ding. So you know when the new videos drop. Follow us on social media at BOS Podcast. And check out the long form audio uh, here on iTunes so you can see and listen to some very attractive gentlemen like these guys right here. Talk yes. about hops and beer. And uh, of course on Spotify now, follow, rate, subscribe, review, all that nonsense. That is it, guys. Thank you for watching and listening. We'll see you in the next one. Get it in you. Cheers. Peace. Cheers. <laughs>